genre. What up, everybody, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, a once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about comic books. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here as I'm always here with the people I'm always here with, Shakti. Good lord. Yo, what's up? <laughs> Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Vite. Hey, yo. As, uh, as a warning, I want to warn the listener that this is a spoiler heavy podcast if you read last week's books or any of the books we talk about on the show. Uh, we're going to spoil those. I'm going to give you timestamps in the episode description, skip anything you might need to skip. Our top story today is we're, we're doing a, a tribute to George Perez in the biggest possible way. We're talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths. So this is by oh boy. Marv Wolfman, George Perez, um, and a whole stable of other people. There's like 15 yeah. people on this book. Lots of color, colorists and, and inkers because yeah, it is a are, hell of a lot of book. Those are the big I was two. being purposefully verbose in the intro because there's a lot of words in this book, man. All of them, potentially. All of the words in human history <laughs> all, are in this all book. All the words like that existed to that time are in that book. The infinite <laughs> amount of words. Yeah. It's all the world, all the worlds in there. And exactly. All the characters. Yeah. It's it's so it's an infinite amount of earths. Yeah. So there's an infinite with amount infinite of words. words. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really funny because like in prep to do this, uh, I was like, yeah, sure, I can read this book, and then uh, the world fell apart yet again, and and as it always does, it's just been like the Brave New Worlds team has had the world fall apart like six times in the last like five days. So I uh, I didn't get a chance to reread this, but I have read it previously. And just kind of like flipping through and talking to y'all as y'all are, well, Sean and Adam specifically experiencing it for like pretty much the first time. It's like hilarious to me that we've talked about all of these other things that are so predicated upon Crisis on Infinite Earths that this is like, like, this feels like what we should have done first. And then, yeah, like I knew yeah. it's like you always get the bubble. It's like, oh, this has happened in Crisis. I'm like, cool, I'll get to that eventually. You know what yeah. it's like? It's like when um, you grow up watching Looney Tunes and you're watching the one where like Bugs Bunny is like uh, trying to like like swoon the um, uh, the Viking lady or whatever. Or he's like dressed up as the Viking lady. And yep. then like years later, Classic. you find out that what like who Wagner is and like what Ride of the Valkyries <laughs> is, is. And you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, that's like an important song. It's not just like a Looney Tunes bit. Yeah, it's like that. And that's what like learning about the actual like definition <laughs> of crisis is, is like this foundation of everything that's happened in comics it's, since 1985. Like, yeah, because yeah, the fucked up part is like, we can get we'll talk about it later. You can't start with this. No, so yeah, you, you can't. Need, you need. You to... have to come back to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. we were when we were getting into it because I was I was warning the guys, uh, you know, like it's a lot. Y'all ready? Because it's a fucking like. Don't leave it to the last day. You're gonna well, be fine. It's and, it's funny. It's funny. We're a week late on this because we read JLA Avengers and then all went like, you know, that was okay, but what if we did Crisis instead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry for all the JLA Avengers fans out there. It was like, fine. It was, good. It it was, was just good, it's fan like, service. It's fan service. It's not. It's not. It's not doing George Perez the de- the credit he deserves for being just the fucking man. And this yeah. is the one where he's the fucking man. <laughs> um, but like going into it and being like, guys, like do your homework early. You can't leave it to the last day to cram. Um, and and just like, Jesus Christ, I, I, I finished it today. It I, took me. It took me literally all week to read it. Same. <laughs> I I I, I, I just, kept having. I like had to put it down, and then it yeah. got to today, and it was like, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. 
I'm just gonna mainline <laughs> this shit. Let's fucking. Do I just this. assumed that I would have been. I was gonna be the only one who have read has read it. So Actually, I mean, I read it. Oh, it. That's what I was gonna bring up. So like when I was warning you guys about this, I mentioned that I read it like when I first started. Like it was like one of those books that you get when you are told to read it as like a first comic, but it's a bad yeah. idea to read it as yeah. first. Yeah. Like idea. I got it around the same time that I read Watchmen at like I don't know age ten or eleven, and. Like, Watchmen was able to be digested in my Who stupid little that? adolescent oh, yeah. brain, I... but this wasn't. Like, this yeah. was too big. I've so... tried to read this book, like, ten times. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's like, yeah. this feels like the Ulysses of comic books. Like <laughs> It is. It is, honestly. <laughs> it's like the um, comic well... book you give to someone because you want them to stop asking you for rec- recommendations. It's like, I, oh, I you're going to ask me for a book here, you piece of that. shit. No, I mean, it, it's also, like, I, I think it's silly to recommend a crisis, crisis book of any kind to a first-time reader because, like, Final Crisis is another one that if you hand it to a person who's never yeah. read a comic book before, they're never going to read a comic book ever again yeah. because you've, you've just given them a confusion. You know, like, it's just, if you don't have years of lore <laughs> and the entire Grant Morrison Batman catalog, them, you're and fucked. It was, and it was super effective. <laughs> super effective. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll, we'll get more into it. That's the top story. But um, I also just, you know, want to apologize for not doing my homework because, I don't know, the ceiling in the comic book store started raining on me the other day. Uh, That's what they There's one cool. thing you don't want in the same room. It's water and comic books, man. Yeah, it's... especially because, like, so it started, like, I had but a customer come okay. over. Sand's fine. Sand's fine. fine. Sand's fine. fine. Yeah. No, I, ha- I had a customer come over and be like, hey, sorry to bother you, but you've got a bit of a leak happening. And I'm like, oh, fucking cool. Thanks, bud. Um, and that, like, I think there were other customers in the store that didn't bother to tell me, but it was like all the way in the back. So like, I couldn't hear it or see it directly in my like line of then sight. It just came crashing down. Well, it was, just... it was perfectly in an area right between the back issues and the board game. So I'm like, perfect. It's just hitting the floor. There's no damage here. This is great. But then as I'm like, very vigilant of the situation i hear like a slightly different sound and i immediately find that it is falling on the back issues now so i have to carry an entire like one of those like foldable collapsible tables covered in like long boxes full of comics and i just have to single-handedly be like (laughs) and just like scooch it across the floor to get it away from the water um, we're we're talking fun. before you got on the call, Casey. I, I was saying that would be the day I quit. It's like, well, I don't work here anymore. Um, <laughs> goodbye and good luck with all that. Um, uh, have fun. Yeah. No, I mean it's 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 a thing you deal with when there's apartments upstairs and stupid rich kids that don't know how to handle a garbage disposal. I guess. Like, yeah, it was like literally just like a broken like uh, what's it called? Shut off valve. Um, uh, so the water did not shut off. It continued, and if I had left the ceiling would have collapsed. So I stayed. We got it handled. I, you know, just, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I can't take anymore. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I'm in, I'm in a similar situation. I've been doing some, I've been getting a hole in your house. Yeah. I got a hole in the house. I've been having the kind you want. No, I've been having some work <laughs> Not like done the one the you walk through or look what? through. Oh. Like an- <laughs> there's a, there's a four inch hole that goes all the way through the house. You could get a just- small door. There's Ooh, a yeah, like house. like for a little for for a mouse, you get <laughs> like a little mouse door. Well, that's what they're mouse coming house. in anyway. Yeah, yeah. Put a screen door on that shit. It's so funny. Over the last two years, <laughs> Rachel and I have been trying to figure out why it's always cold in there in the winter, and there's just all there's because there's a hole in the in the wall that goes outside. Well, incredible. Occam's razor, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
My yeah, field breeze so, must be a hole in the wall. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the, the old dryer vent. We had the dryer and washer moved to a different room in the house, and the dryer vent was just never sealed off. It's just a big four-inch hole that just goes outside. Don't you just love shitty contractors? It's like, come on. So, I yeah, I have a mold remediation guy coming out now, and, and it, this just keeps getting more and more expensive. I had everything budgeted out exactly to what I could afford, and now it's like, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know how Oh, yeah, you made plans. That's where you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And no. someone laughed. So, <laughs> so there, there might yourself. be a GoFundMe in our future here. The Who mice knows? laughed at you and said, oh, plans? Oh, I'm going to show these motherfuckers. Oh, good one. Good one, plans. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just like trying to hold the shop together because like uh, my, my, my dudes are going through it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into it because it's like their personal lives, but like Brian and Rob are having a time. So if you're, if you're a customer of the store, just give them a high five. Just be like, hey, bud, glad you're here doing you're doing great 10 out of 10 uh but i'm just trying to like i'm trying to just offer solidarity i was like i will just be in the store like you can just not be here and i can just do this and then the time that i'm in the store by myself it just everything goes wrong yeah (laughs) that's what you get for being a nice person you know that's that's what i get that's happy to be here (laughs) happy to be doing my dream job you know yeah, podcasting, I know. <laughs> All right, so last week's comics, who's got those? Holy shit, all right. Y'all heard about Exterminators? Have Ex- I? Exterminators. One like, that's from the 80s not the one. Inferno. Is that the people with, like, when Arnold retires, he's an Exterminator? And also not the one Stop that, that. Uh, Adam needs because he's got mice in his house. <laughs> no, no, um, I sealed off the hole for now. <laughs> Uh, no, this cheese. Is ex- it's a giant block of cheese. <laughs> for, for that, that is a can I have kicked down the road. Uh, so I've got Exterminators by Leah Williams, Carlos Gomez, and Brian Valencia. Uh, this is just, um, it's Grindhouse, Grindhouse X-Men. It's uh, Leah Williams just getting to play in the sandbox with all of the like light power characters. It's, uh, it's Dazzler, Jubilee, and Boom Boom, and eventually... Uh, Wolverine as well, but uh, it's just all those badass bitches fighting vampires. Uh, it's incredible. Um, I'm getting it, drunk. I love, yeah, and getting really drunk. I love that it starts with a content advisory warning, which is tongue in cheek, but also like valid. It's Pretty like much Marvel. It, yeah. yeah, it's like Marvel giving like a light max rating on it because mm-hmm. it's like mature audience is only crude humor, alcohol usage, partial nudity, strobe effects, violence, and some of your favorite mutants acting like absolute dumbasses. And that's like actually in the comic. I like the strobe effect warning in a book. That Beautiful. Because it's yeah. Dazzler. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, yeah, because it's all the light, light powers. Um, but they, yeah, they, so still, tra- they still uh, obscure swear words after all that. that not all yeah, of them. Not they all of them. There's a- they, they obscure the F word. Yeah. Like, I think the there's, there's some bitches and some shit. Bitches, in, bitches in and some fucks that they definitely. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, a cold opens to Dazzler in booty shorts to say Praxis, just rollerblading through pools of blood and, and killing vampires. And it's just like, uh, already sold. Uh, that was, that was the teaser image, uh, from Twitter that already had me sold. But, um, yeah, so we, we cut back to, uh, three weeks ago and it's Dazzler kicking out her shitty boyfriend because he was like flirting with some girl in her own apartment. Um, so she immediately calls up the gang and she's like, yo, <laughs> she's like, Jubilee. Where where are you right now? Like, what are you doing right now? And Jubilee's like, I'm trying my best, okay? She's like, I'm my just- best. My fucking best. 
She's like, no, okay, yeah, can can you can we go get drunk, please? Like, and uh, you know, Tabby Boom Boom is over in the corner just like doing her nails and drinking a six pack already. She's pre gaming for the party. She doesn't even know she's going to. Yeah, Boom and, Boom uh, is a fucking vibe in this comic for sure. Yo, I'm, I'm Boom Boom's always it. a vibe, but the, like Leah Williams it. Boom Boom is perfect. Um, so they go to Mr. B's karaoke bar, which is Dazzler's favorite uh, dive bar that mysteriously opened up right when she moved around the corner. What a coincidence! This couldn't be nefarious. Um, some of the best lines from this whole interaction is just, just like page, yeah. Tabby shows up like dressed in this like super teeny tiny mini dress with like uh like knee high socks and like, like club kid shoes, shoes and yeah yeah and like her heart sunglasses and uh <laughs> she says to them uh you should have told me that the dress code was depression because Jubilee and and Dazzler are just wearing like sweatshirts or whatever and then <laughs> Jubilee says Tabby, you look like if Barbie was a sex addict. And then I like, she there's says, a oh, there's a whole you. string of of you oh, look yeah. like jokes that are the yeah, final uh, stop on the bimbification spectrum, which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> I love that you one. Lo- My favorite one was you look like Glinda the Good Witch's porn parody. Yeah, that's fucking good. <laughs> that's so fucking good. They probably had a lot of fun thinking of that of that shit, like just riffing, figuring out what to put oh, in the comic. Oh my god. It's probably a lot of fun. I feel like these are all things that Leah Williams has said and has had said to her. <laughs> yeah, prob- prob- probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just yeah, reads so they... like her uh, Twitter on a, on any given day. Right, Absolutely, right. it's it's a. And vibe. I mean that it's, in the best just... way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fucking best. Yeah, that is a high, get... That's the highest compliment. <laughs> they yeah, get, Le- uh, Leah's a, uh, a worthwhile Twitter follow. For sure. Oh yes, yeah, ten out of ten. The best. The best Twitter person in the x bullpen for sure like she, she gets that uh you know possibly uh, howard's up there too yeah she's good um but anyway so they're they're sitting around this dive bar basically by themselves they they get some complimentary tequila shots that uh are quote have pulp <laughs> like why was it gritty <laughs> oh, <laughs> like this is terrible tequila uh which we find out later it was not just tequila. um they proceed to uh, start dancing and singing and doing light shows because that's literally all of their powers um, to try and get over um, uh, Dazzler's shitty boyfriend. Uh, and then they start dropping like flies. Tabby is immediately and it's like, oh man, she must have been drunker than we saw because she just passes the fuck out. And then they all realize like, oh, we've been drugged. Uh, turns out that uh, Dazzler's shitty ex-boyfriend uh, was a vampire. And this was all a ruse of to to capture them for some fucking reason. ruse, fucking ruse. Um, and yeah, it turns out come f- come to find out from Jubilee, who you know used to be a vampire for a while there, that like this amulet that uh, her ex wore around his neck at all times was like the f- quote unquote family heirloom was actually like a amulet of like protection that kept her from seeing him, and he could like walk in the sun. So it's like that would have been good to know at some point, maybe. <laughs> um. But yeah, so they, they try to fight the vampires. They wake up all in worse and worse, like, nightmare scenarios where, like, if they use their powers, they will alert the vampire horde well, like, to their presence. Like, yeah, it works against them. Like, every time they yeah, use it, like, like bad on Tabby is, Tabby is just, like, on a raft in a swamp, and every time she, like, shoots off a bomb to kill one of these stupid fucking vampire things, all the vampires, like, swarm her. So she has to, like, not use bombs. Jubilee wakes up in the middle of a like cr- destruction derby. derby. Yeah, destruction yeah. derby course, like in a, a like 
<laughs> giant uh what's it called the the monster truck uh and uh dazzler wakes up in a like completely dark labyrinth maze and every time she uses her powers the they like swarm so like every time she uses a light like not they... the good labyrinth with magic pants it's just oh yeah no, not no no goblin king bowie yeah. labyrinth just a labyrinth yeah. full oh. of like vampire goons. No, no big old what if there's a dick yeah. or a minotaur and a and a dotalus none of those yet but could be time will tell yeah. <laughs> there vampire is a minotaur? little like, that would be rough that would be a vampire tough minotaur I, that would be i rough. don't want to fuck with a vampire a minotaur vam- i'm not gonna a vampirator yeah that's a that's, that's a, a fucked a up D D creature i don't like yeah. that. It's, it's it's half it's half bull half bella lugosi <laughs> half bull half man all bull lugosi it's bull lugosi all right i'll give you that one i'll give you that one <laughs> also i think you just wrote a really good tagline for like a shitty shutter movie Half man, oh, half yeah, bull, yeah. all vampire. All yeah. vampire. <laughs> bull, yeah. I want that job. I could, I could, I could spit those out all day. Just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so they all figure out the trick to like whatever it is, where like they have to like defeat the vampires without using their powers, and um, they also seem to realize that it's probably a simulation, um, because like, uh, di- like uh, boom, boom, just like bursts into the destruction derby and realizes that the like. Like, oh, this is just, this is all nothing. Like, this is just whatever. We're not going to die yeah. in this scenario. Just drive into the fucking wall. Like, just just aim for the spectators and go. <laughs> and in the process of this, doesn't buckle her seatbelt and goes smashing through the fucking windshield. <laughs> which the, is just, they're the so, physical they're comedy, so mean to Tabby. It's so fucked the, up. The comedy in the book is so good. It's so good. It's also, like, uh, it's like Looney Tunes-esque. It's oh, it, it is. Yeah, it's a total grindhouse. Like, there's a part where, so then as, as Jubilee is crashing through one of said walls, um, comes upon Dazzler just uh, on top of a pile of vampire corpses covered in blood with blood splattered everywhere. And she says, get in, loser, we're going to therapy. And it just no. it's fucking <laughs> the panel of the year. It's just fucking incredible. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so so they're clearly in some kind of like arcade style um menagerie thing where they've gotta like they have to uh <laughs> well, what's what's the quote here? Con- uh congratulations, you three have passed your entry test and uh won a chance to compete against our most esteemed prize, the menagerie beast, Wolverine. Uh so they clearly have Wolverine under some kind of mind control and she's uh, Laura Kinney Wolverine, obviously. Oh no, uh, because they call the Soul Splitter, and like, there's all these dudes in cloaks and shit fighting something, and they're fighting um, Laura. So I wonder if she's also trapped there. For some yeah, reason. I, yeah, I think I think she's trapped in it, and like, is going to. They're gonna have to like, hey, snap out of it, Laura. What the fuck? Mm. Don't don't stab us, please. And then and then they'll all team up and figure it out. But like, don't I don't us. even care. It's just it's so fucking good. It it's the bloodiest, silliest. Uh, yeah, like, too. It's crazy. I can't I can't believe that Leah got this like pitch through the editors at Marvel and that we that it exists. It's just like it it feels like um one of those dream books that you talk about that would never actually happen because it's like no, of course they're not going to have Jubilee dropping it, the conversation and, every time started. I know they'll never let me make this, but like check I, this out. But like <laughs> I think it, check, think this it was a cool. win just to get Dazzler and Jubilee that drunk and then yeah exactly yeah the fact that like marvel characters are getting drunk in a book 
at yeah. like and also there's a that really isn't good bit where they're talking about like yeah, yeah. and like they're doing yeah. it for yeah that, it's that's not alcoholics they're just doing it to have fun and yeah or, they're 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 girl bossing against yeah, vampires right. um yeah yeah 10 out of 10 highly recommend it's so much fun and it's it's fun if you haven't been reading x-men this is just a like a, a book that happens to have x I, characters in it i really don't right. think you need to know anything about the current x era no i don't think dazzler so. hasn't even been anywhere i don't think not i don't so. think so she just she's been um playing at the lagoon the green lagoon right. or whatever. but it doesn't the, even look like club. she's like on kokoa like barely yeah. No. so yeah, it, yeah you just you could just pick this up and yeah fucking yeah. great also, at one point, they do mention, like, wow, it's really fucking dumb of these vampires to fight, you know, the characters with light powers. Maybe a bad call for them. Um, so, curious yep. to see. That, that's clearly a purposeful, uh, you know, ma- matchup. So, yeah. Fucking great. All right. Well, speaking of being in a trap and in a Marvel book, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You did it. Nailed it. Yep. Uh, my there. book. This week is Fantastic Four number 47 by David Popose, um, Juan Cabal, and Jesus Arbatov. This is the tie-in to Judgment Day, correct? Yeah, this is the yes. Fantastic Four book, that, uh, the, the Axe book, um, and it is, Slot is no longer on the title, and... Um, David is not staying on the book. He's just doing the Axe miniseries, but um, and then Ryan North takes over for Fantastic Four number one uh, in November, I think. But yeah, after after Judgment Day ends, I believe. I was interested in this book because it was a it was a new writer, and also, um, you know, I'm Judgment Judgment Day on a whole is just amazing, um, and I was excited to read Fantastic Four again. Um, so this book is essentially Reed getting a call from everyone in Judgment Day saying, we have a celestial that is judging the earth. We need your help. So he goes into a think tank and stays there and isn't coming out until he can, um, come up with a solution for the celestial. Classic Reed. Meanwhile, (laughs) Sue has to run the, the Baxter building. And that involves showing an intern around, and um, Johnny and Thing get pizza. And Classic. Th- <laughs> Thing is like, the Earth is ending. Why are you going to run get pizza? He's like, well, because it's it could be our last day, and you know, might as well. Um, I mean, that's definitely when I want pizza. Is also like, so if I know it's the end. Like, man, that's gonna yeah. be a busy day for pizza places, isn't it? The end of the world. Like <laughs> probably, yeah. No I'm sure we'll find out in our lifetime. Be, they're all going to be oh. home instead, not making yeah. us pizza. <laughs> um. So the the book, I love the way it's structured because it is just read, uh, in the think tank. You don't see him at all. Um, but his narration is over the whole book, and he's just talking about how you know his family and, uh, like for Sue specifically, how Sue is the person in the world he trusts the most. And um, essentially, as that is happening, Sue is running the building and there's an intern that comes up and she, uh, you know, Sue is giving her a uh, tour 
and they're going around and they meet the like janitor that's been there forever and um then it it turns out that uh the intern is oubliette i love fucking oubliette or exterminatrix <laughs> either one of she's a marson creation best um, names both names 10 out of 10 oubliette. like her outfit is the best it is so ridiculous um yeah, she yeah, just she's, she's like she's just a, like a gimp dominatrix like it's yeah, but like she's in a, like a full suit in the beginning and she just rips it off it is and then in the oubliette outfit yo that like um, latex like like gimp mask thing that like has her hair going through it that can't be easy to get into i'm impressed no. also wearing just those put- boots under a suit like that's a lot yeah yeah that's, it was, it was that's- amount of there was an impressive amount of camouflage um, <laughs> if you haven't read Morrison's Marvel Boy, which is, it is one of the weirdest books in, yeah, in Mar- that is that true. Marvel's Mar- ever yeah. done. Bullshit. Yeah. Uh, just more, that Marvel Boy, which is like, I think he's like a clone of Captain Marvel. I don't remember, yeah. but he has got, he's, some, um, he's somehow like a, a Marvel in a jar. He can, kind of he can shoot his fingernails and he's got explosive blood. Like the, that's just that all that tells you all you need to know is wow. that. And <laughs> anyway, Oubliette is a character. She's uh, one of the villains of the of that story, and her father was a um, like evil mastermind, and he raised her like that. And so she is trying to break into the Baxter Building and um, and get. I think she's she's trying to get into Reed's think tank. Uh, so that's kind of where we leave off of her blowing up the elevator Susan and Sue saving people and like trying to um, uh, fix things. And then mindless ones kind of portal in and fight uh, Ben. And then um, Oubliette goes and like is going to the think tank and that's kind of where it leaves off. But this book was a ton of fun, kind of like a, like a bottle episode um, stuck they're like stuck in the building and um i loved uh reed's narration because it just kind of uh ties everything up like it's a summary of just the fantastic four and i i liked the interaction between um sue and reed a lot because he like texts her when he's going to be done in the think tank and she's like reading it out loud and like uh responding to him and it's adorable and uh Mm -hmm. it, it nails the family dynamic really well so We've been talking about Fantastic Four a ton, and I, I really enjoyed this. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm really dope. curious what the hell Oubliette's plan could be, because, like, the, the thing, the giant celestial's gonna kill you too, lady. Like, what? <laughs> I really... Dude, I don't know. Yeah, no, she's gotta have some kind of a kind weird of feels like, um It kind of feels like, what we're gonna talk about later, it kind of feels like what Luther and Brainiac were doing in Crisis. It's like, you're gonna die too. Like, what are you doing? Why why are you (laughs) having machinations in the middle of She wants to still reach neurons, so. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what's happening. Anywho, got some, uh, got a comic book with other people that are in a family. Ooh. Like that. Um, Nightwing 96. By Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo, and Adriano Lucas. Uh, we haven't talked about this in a little while. Um, this is kind of our final showdown uh, with Nightwing and Blockbuster just having a 
th knockout throwdown fight to the fucking bitter end here, which is pretty Blocks great. Are getting busted. They are. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Blockbuster, you know, just kind of he learns of Nightwing's identity during this fight. Um, but so that becomes a thread for the next storyline. But again, I know we talked about this a little bit before. It just comes in. This is all action, mostly this issue, but the the art in this is redonkulous. There's this like two page grid of him fighting Blockbuster, and it's just it's just incredible as he's like talking as they're all talking shit with each other. And it's just it's so it's so well done. Um, but they kind of really go to the, the the heart of the issue with that the themes that Tom Taylor's been going with really, which is what Dick has been trying to do with all the money he got, uh, which is trying to fix Bloodhaven. And really, trying like, trying to give like houseless teens a safe a safe haven. Yeah, and just like, kind of fix those problems. The old why doesn't Bruce Wayne just use his money? It's like, well, that's that's what this book is. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to try to that fix is Bloodhaven. What, that is why Dick does, and he does it as Dick Grayson and not Nightwing. So it's like right. a whole different. Yeah. So uh, while Nightwing is fighting uh, Blockbuster on the outside, all of his cronies are coming to, to like come help out. And uh, Barbara, the rentals. The rentals yeah. Sorry. Barbara and Batwoman are outside. Like, all right, we're not gonna let you up there. We can kick your ass, or you can take a look at this. And effect, basically, what Barbara has dug up is Blockbuster has made a lot of his fortune from a private prison in Bloodhaven, and all of the criminals are like, "Yo, you own this prison? That place is a fucking shithole. I know multiple people that died there." It is awful. Go fuck yourself. And they have this great two panels of one of his henchmen just like having two middle fingers up saying fuck you and they put little comic code authority stamps over top of it. <laughs> That's and amazing. Then, really and he's like good. and he's like cursing and driving away and there's all these bubbles. He's like, you piece of shit, and it's all covered by comic code authority stamps. I thought it was oh, really well man. done. That's a really good way to do that. Yeah. Is the so comic good. code authority still a thing? No, no, no it, but I think not, that's what made it funny. Could it's you're... approved by the authority of DC Comics, but it looks like the Comic uh, Code Authority. Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine uh, Comics Code Authority try, like when Max came out? Yeah, <laughs> just losing their <laughs> minds. Just, yeah, they would they would shrivel. Up. Well, I would just figure that would be outside of the Comics Code Authority. Like it doesn't have the stamp. Like, oh, yeah, maybe. I, yeah, yeah. No, I, well, I, that was that was what killed it. Is when they started like as uh, we talked about Denny O'Neill the other week when he started making comics that didn't have the Comics Code Authority and they sold better than any comic in the history of time. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, we should just not put this on there. I don't. And I don't know when. It. I don't know when or if they officially disbanded, but yeah, I don't think they've been. It, yeah, for it was a while. later. I think it was like in the nineties or whatever. Well, it was, like, like, it was like yeah. the rap community embracing the parental advisory sticker. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. There, there were a few like. Spider-Man drug issues that didn't have it, and it was like yeah, a big same deal. deal. I think that was the first one <laughs> before Denny. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I love that this this book is all about like the corruption of the political system, the corruption of like like using money for the correct thing, and then yeah. also now you're gonna hit us with private prisons being the fucking right. the most evil thing that exists. That and it's like legal slavery, perfect. Which is, love you. And then on top of it, you have henchmen. <laughs> Who are like reprehend like they're not good dudes or just like yeah. go fuck yourself. But they're the people <laughs> that have been <laughs> but that the have been in the legal it. slavery exactly. system. Right. Yeah. Like they 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 have experienced the hell that is the American prison industrial complex. So I just love like <laughs> they 
he physically beats the shit out of Blockbuster, but then also basically now that all these the underground community knows that he's in charge of this private prison, he's like, no one's gonna ever work for you again. So he's effectively cut off Blockbuster's power. Well, Just, and then he really got his power cut off. Well, yeah. Well, I, the other I'll get to, yeah, but then the heartless <laughs> dude that's been running around just fucking kills him. <laughs> yeah, just literally steals his heart. I'm just like um, that's mine now. Fuck which you. I love. Before he's like, yeah, my gun wasn't big enough, so I made it bigger so I could take this. I was like, all right, that cool. That that dude's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a really good interaction between Barbara and Dick. Basically, basically. Dick is like, oh, Blockbuster knows who I am, but he's still out there. And Barbara basically just laughs. He's like, get off your Batman ship, bro. <laughs> Don't push me away. Stop it. We're in this together. It doesn't fucking matter. We're always in danger. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like yeah. stop being like, don't push. Don't do what Bruce always did to us. Like, stop it. We're, yeah. I'm in this shit. I, look at me. Yeah. I'm in a costume right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> look like, at me. Look at, look come at, on, dude. my face. So, oh, um, and man. like, it basically tells him like, you're allowed to be happy. Like, it's Thank okay. Yeah. Like, so they did a really good job. Like, it's addressing, a, I, I love that Tom Taylor is using this Nightwing book to really do those stories that we've always talked about. What if they did that in Batman? Like, it's all kind of happening in Nightwing right now. And it's really, it's really good. It's a really great compliment to Bruce Wayne, because it's really making Dick Grayson evolve and not just retread the same exact things that we've already read with yeah, Bruce he's Wayne not, 50 he's not times. baby Batman, he's becoming right. his own thing. I'm also yeah. really curious, like, I know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Blockbuster loses his literal heart in this <laughs> issue, but, like, if Nightwing's Secret Identity did come out, I wonder if he would just, like, pull a Daredevil and just be like, yeah, I am Dick Grayson, I'm also Nightwing, I'm also funding all of the public yeah, works of he this might. community. Because that's the right thing to do. That's what superheroes really, do. I was also Robin for a while. You know, yeah. who cares? <laughs> we might not do that because that exposes other people. But yeah, that but doesn't really yeah. happen much in DC, right? Like, there's not. No, many, they don't. Usually no one's really that, open. Like Tony Stark. Like people know who that he's Iron Man. Like that's not really a thing in DC, right? Um, Very rarely. Well, there was identity I mean, people. Crisis, other than maybe like Hal Jordan. Doom I guess. Patrol. Do, Doom Patrol don't have secret identities, do they? Yeah. Doom Patrol well, don't. Uh. I, like I mean, they're yeah. X-Men, so... Yeah. That's true, they're basically um, I mean, like, Starfire, it's hard. She doesn't have, like, a... She's an alien. Yeah, certain, like, certain aliens that are just like, just that's literally an alien. Yeah. Yeah, Lex, Lex Luthor. Like yeah, like a Batman, <laughs> like a Daredevil type of guy. I, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, that's yeah, a pretty I'm, consistent storyline at Marvel, right? It happens way too often. Like, people need to figure that shit out over there. there. There's been way... <laughs> there's been way less of a, like, a emphasis on secret identities, I feel like, in the last, like, five years but yeah i agree there's always there was a it's always that big story with like spider-man specifically of him right. choosing to out himself in civil war yeah and like you know yeah like that's always been a big core and then taking the, it back i mean <laughs> yeah. clark kent is like a big character i don't know he, and he oh and he did just uh in, in um but he's like Bendis one of those people run. like it doesn't really matter if people know who he is like yeah, yeah, and Bendis's run of uh, uh, Clark like came out as as Superman, and that's like right. that's public right. knowledge in in the DCU now is that Clark Superman, but also yeah. like obviously, it, it's one of those things yeah. now where I feel though. like if you bring attention to it, it's because you have like a, a plot line revolved because that's always it. been like a core tenet yeah. of like a Batman story is hide keeping the lives separate, right? Yeah, I always like, like the idea and of- the Bat family in general. 
I always like the idea of a plot of like someone trying to kill Clark Kent, the reporter. Oh, like, that would be fantastic. And just like, no one can of- fucking kill this guy. He's just fucking Rasputin, <laughs> yeah. but no one knows. I'm trying to think <laughs> but if that no, happened. That might have. I happened. feel like that's had to have happened. I can't think of it. There's right an now, episode though. of the animated series where where someone tries to kill Clark Kent, and then Clark Kent has to like fake his own death because like who the hell? It was like a, a car right. accident. It was like all that's right, hilarious. who the hell could have survived that? I wouldn't so, like, be. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if people try to kill Bruce all the time. Yeah, right. For real. <laughs> I mean, he but is Bruce a is killable. So. Like, yeah. But he's also a billionaire, so it's it's not anymore. He didn't <laughs> got the target. <laughs> yeah, not Fair. anymore. All right, well, I'm going to anyway. switch gears significantly yeah. here. Uh, I just wanted to shout this because it's really. fucking spooky season. Yeah, it's it's that time of year where Dude. I finally have the appetite for horror uh, anthologies. And good news for me, everyone's making them. So yeah, the temperature and dropped, and Christina's been screaming about it all day. <laughs> just like it's fucking here motherfuckers let's do yeah this. i straight up i went to the grocery store around the sh- a corner from the shop and i bought pumpkins for the shop so like that's where we're at yeah. we're in we're in full basic bitch mode psl but season. yeah i've got i've got creep show number one this is the the horror anthology that came out this week that i liked the most there was like a lot there was there were a lot there were a lot this is the best one though. ice cream man came out Boom had had a, uh, a a new anthology they just dropped. Yeah, R.L. Stein has R.L. a Stein's, comic. Yeah, so yeah, but this was great. This has uh, this is a bunch of people on it too. This this was uh, Paul Dini, Stephen Langford, Chris Burnham, John McCrea, Adriana Lucas again, and uh, Mike Spicer. So like stacked, stacked. Got uh, got all got all of them. And it was fun. We got two stories in this one. One was like. These kids that take more than one, uh, uh, where there's a bowl out that says, please just take one. And it was, uh, and it's the, it's the full size candy bar house. It's full size so candy, candy bars. And it's a murder house. So like, why would you yeah. take more than one full size bar from a murder house? And we Love get these three. Stores. Fuck you on it. That's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. And we get these three kids and they, they, they really go out of their way to make us hate these kids. Like these kids are well, not likable. Two out of all. three of them are really hateable. Love these and then the one, there's like the one kid who's like, Oh guys, guys, I don't know. I don't but know. They, we they come do back it. around. So like they, they all take yep. more than one. Uh, they, they leave just the bowl behind essentially. And at least like, they left the bowl. Yeah. At least they left the bowl. My neighbor got his bowl stolen last But he also carved fuck you yeah. into the, the, the door yeah they're like, just they shitty can't... fucking kids just the worst yeah and there's one that's like has a conscience but like so the the ghost of the guy that was murdered at the murder house comes for all three of them and the worst is the kid who knew better because like he had already eaten what he ate one to try to like to hide the evidence hide the evidence and he's yeah. he like throws it up as a way to be like hey, yeah look you could have it back but like you know they all get brutally murdered and Good Lord. the 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 creep master, <laughs> like the 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 crib keeper guy, is like, I know you're probably thinking that uh, the third guy didn't deserve it, but he knew better and he did it anyway. If anything, he's worse than the other two fucks. So like, fuck yeah. that kid. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's the be the lesson. You follow any written instructions to the letter. Stay off the grass. Beware of the dog. And above all, buy creep show yeah. or else. I, I love these little. Art is aggressive. Yeah, but yeah, it's no, it's Chris violent. Burnham. Fucking it. It is 
Yo, just like straight Jesus up killing Christ. kids from the jump in in like very hyper violent ways yeah. is yeah, like holy shit. Awesome. But, but that's like <laughs> yeah, they, they, that they got to go out of their way to make you hate these kids. Otherwise, this is not okay, right? Like <laughs> these kids, like they really like they're swearing so much and like they're doing shitty things. Like the one kid's talking about how he likes the other kid's mom, and like they're talking about boners and shit. Like you really hate these kids, like. Yeah. So when they get all of their eyeballs and teeth and noses ripped out and their guts are filling the the bowl, they 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 did keep the bowl. The bowl is still there and it's now filled with their intestines. Yeah, it's gross <laughs> and it's great. And the the cool. second one is is just like a way out of left field. Like you you have this mom who's like scrambling to get an entertainer for her kid's birthday because the stepdad was supposed to do it and just like didn't no the ex-husband dad the ex-husband right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so she hires this guy from a flyer she gets on the door in that moment who's just like this weird cookie monster guy that shows up and all the kids it's fucking gritty and you can't tell me it's not gritty (laughs) but all the kids love him that's the eldritch demon that is gritty (laughs) and then there's this moment where like they keep going like i forget what the guy's name is what is his name shogo shingo 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 and like one of the kids is like so what's shingo from is that like a cartoon is it a game like what are what is what is this guy and yeah he he answers her too he's got got a response that's really good oh what was it uh shingo conjured into this dimension thousands of years ago from (laughs) screaming abyss of dark horror shingo trapped here and must feed on the spawn of human scum yeah so that's part, his answer. The, the whole thing too is like he's just working for like if you give me lunch, that's all. All I want is lunch. So it's like hey, the yeah, lunch being lunch. Uh, apparently children. Yeah, the lunch being well, everyone, everyone in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they what the part of this I like the most is like this thing eats everybody, and then like they gotta the way they stop him is they string him up onto the tree and then beat him to death with a stick and then rip him open and then all of the people come like flying out like a pinata like i also love that like the parents are too involved in their own fucking drama to realize that the kids are being picked off one by one like only the kids are like uh i think they i think they bag of holding pinata that eats people right it's (laughs) but yeah you're right it's just it's basically gritty like if we're being honest it's fucking gritty this is man aggressive yeah. fucking weird as hell but like i love it and horror anthologies are like candy to me it, the worst one is still great is i'll still read it it feels like it feels like there's a there's a pun there i'm not i'm not gonna dig for it though this is punishment there it is oh. yeah agreed it's it's pulpy <laughs> it's fun it's hyper violent and i like it the it's like thing- the perfect level of tongue-in-cheek that it like self-awareness you know like yeah, the, yeah. the 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 creeps are coming in and being like, hey, what's up? And, I, got a, I got a dad joke for you. Something yeah. horror anthologies do a lot, too, that this one doesn't do, is they dumb it down and make it for kids. Like, every time yeah. they reboot uh, uh, Tales from the Crypt, it's like, it's kind of got a... It's boneless. Yeah, it's 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 got a are you afraid of the dark kind of veneer to it, where, like, it's, it's consumable. <laughs> it's You can give this to a kid and they'll like it. But this was this is not for kids. <laughs> Yo, no, I, I want the I want the tales from the crypt that uh caused a moral panic in the fifties. Like that's the like it's I, still I want, pretty boneless I'm, though. But even the I was ones say, that's boneless. probably pretty tame by know, today's man. standards. I mean, yeah, by today's standards, but also like 
I, I want there to be entire novels written about the decline of, of the children of our civilization because horror comics are so fucked up. Like well, that's it's just that's a Twitter. when you know you've It's gone. just a Twitter thread now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But people don't got time to write whole ass books. Creep show was yeah, great. Sure. Creep show was fun. <laughs> yeah. We're already running along. Let's do you think it. Anyone's yeah, got know. time to write Let's crisis? We're here. So, so before we before we jump into the actual like plot Trump. of crisis, I jump jump before Trump. we jump in to the crisis. Um, <laughs> I was doing a little bit of like research on uh, how it came about, and it turns out like Marv Wolfman went to DC with the idea because um, he had written a, a story for Green Lantern where like Green Lantern interacted with somebody who he like had an, a previous interaction with like three years ago, and like the uh, uh, a reader wrote in and was like, hey, why did he act like he didn't know this guy when they've already met? And Marv Wolfman's like, look, all this shit is too complicated. Like, the new readers cannot jump in because you need to be that much of a fucking nerd to know what the hell is going on. Like, well, hold like on, the hold fact on. that... Wait, I, I got, I'm going back to the 40s. Oh, all right. Let's oh, go. God. Let's fucking go. So, mm-hmm. uh, in the 50s, the World War II is over and superheroes' books start declining. And... DC merges with National and they get the rights to like Hawkman and JSA and uh, you know, all those classic characters, but they aren't selling well. They aren't moving like Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. So in the in 56, the Silver Age begins with showcase number four, which is Barry Allen. Um, they take a character, they just take his name and they reinvent him to make him more of a normal person, just like a relatable, he's a uh, scientist, he's a CSI, and then he becomes really successful. And those characters that they acquired from National kind of fall by the wayside until Flash 123, which is a monumental issue for comics in general, because it is the Flash of two Earths, and it is the moment where you get a another Earth in comic books. Flash. Yeah, this is the, the invention of a multiverse yeah. as a concept in comic books. Is the two Flashes meet? And Flash, who has taken his name from Flash comics from Jay Garrick, meets Jay Garrick, and the Earth where all of those characters have been hiding. So and so, like instead mm. of instead of them just kind of existing in the background and not really being characters in dc dc decided to put them on a whole nother planet so in that (laughs) so in that or it's a multi multiverse so in that universe uh the jsa were there and the history is just different and then writers found that you know interesting it was a it was another way you could tell stories so every year there would be a crisis uh, it starts with the crisis on Earth One, which is a JLA JSA crossover, and then they would go from there, and more Earths would expand. Pretty much, DC <laughs> would just go, uh, "Oh, I need like a a fucking random planet." There's a planet where Superman's dad starts cloning the capes of superheroes, and they become. He starts a kingdom where only capes are the currency, and he becomes rich with capes, like. <laughs> It's a sure. whole ridiculous sure. thing. So Bitcoin. <laughs> no, it's a tangible cape. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's less stupid. It's just it's, regular it's, money. It's fungible though because he's it's cloning. Just, yeah, 
It's more fungible, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's not non fungible. So DC was a mess of uh, different universes and characters that they had acquired through other corporate, uh, other companies like Fawcett, like Shazam, and in the eighties, uh, Charlton, like Blue Beetle and Question, and all the characters that the Watchmen characters are based off of. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had all these characters. Their universes were a mess. Um, like people, writers had just created whatever universe they wanted, and there was no, uh, there was no uh, bookkeeping on any of this except for the the issues. Uh, yeah. There was there was absolutely no, like they were no trying to maintain continuity. Yeah, they're trying to maintain continuity and saying, like, all these characters cross over with each other, but people were creating new universes to fit the needs of their plot so frequently <laughs> that you couldn't keep up with it. If there, you was a, to. there was a whole series that was just Superman and Batman had kids, and the story was about their kids. Like, th- these kids <laughs> that don't, like, have, that don't ever come back. Like, there, there was, like, 30 <laughs> issues with these kids that are just now characters in this other universe. Right, like, it's yeah. So it's nonsense. So so, so now so, we can get so to Marv what Casey gets, was. Yeah. yeah now so yeah. So now Mar- Marv gets this idea that like because they've been failing behind Marvel for they, decades. They right? are extremely and, jealous of Marvel's uh canon, like the yeah, way it, Marvel has mm. kept itself. I mean, Marvel's is kind of a mess, but it like we said, it started with Stan Lee writing eight books. He made yeah, sure and, that and, everything and, and, and Jack Kirby yeah. drawing a book. So the cohesion was really there. Like you could see uh, tune in next week for this character in this book and they would yeah. have it and it would be it would be you could follow it. And it was all very linear in a way that like it was it made kids feel like they were a part of it, you know. So like Marv's whole thing was like as they were continuing to fall behind Marvel, they're like, well, kids ki- feel intimidated. Like there's no mm-hmm. way to jump into this because where do you start? You know? And his whole idea was to do, uh, he wanted to call it history of the DC universe and, and do this big which event where they, they blow it all up and come back together. Which but he and Perez would that, later make. Yes, yeah, as a follow-up <laughs> to this. Um, but the, the thing that I find the most fascinating is that he has this idea in 1982, and um, they want to put it out in 1983, but there is so much research that needs to be done to read every single issue in DC's oh, did you get to the, the guy they hired? I, I, I don't know the guy's name, um, uh, but yeah, they, they hired Brandon a single researcher. Yeah, they, they, yeah, one single researcher to read every single issue of DC Comics, and it took him two years. I want yep. that job. Uh, Actually, no, I don't. We're, we're talking. No, like, you don't. You don't fucking like, you don't want that. Job. I read this that's, that's on. I read this on DC Infinite. Like these issues, you you're talking about in the going 80s, into a warehouse and yeah, and yeah. reading. Hard copies, like that, is insane. Imagine. And it, yeah. and then, like, and then cataloging that information without really like modern technology, like that. And that's like, and like RJ uh, said, going through like Fawcett Comics and Charleston and like all crazy. these other companies that national and like that right. aren't DC, but they are now. So like, like where does that end? It's just madness. And like, how do you how do you organize that in a way without technology? Yeah, I. I I want a movie about that guy's two years. <laughs> like that's that guy slipped into fucking it's, madness. He's psycho pirate. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, real. Yeah. 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 That guy is just psycho pirate. That yeah, psycho pirate <laughs> is based on that guy losing yeah, his yeah. mind. Yeah, that that's how you create 
a supervillain. Like that's how you <laughs> <Yeah>. get like <laughs> you uh, lock him in a basement with every DC issue that's ever existed and said go. God, someone um, should check on Don but- Rosa and see if he's hatching a plan <laughs> to take over the world because. <laughs> Uh, but it and so That's so crazy. it took that guy longer than they expected to read every single DC comic. So they had to push it back, and then they pushed it back. Like so, it was supposed to be 1983. And they're like, uh, the, we don't have all the comics read, so they push it back another. Also, why did they get like a team of people? Just like this poor right. one guy. Yeah, um, dude. Also, but, Marv uh, and Perez were on Avengers. They were like real hot shots at Marvel. Then Jim Shooter, who's like maybe the most infamous editor of all time drove people away because they forced to write avengers 200 which is like one of the most uh like critically slammed books ever because it's (laughs) awful and gross (laughs) (laughs) but that's my next ebay purchase that forced Uh, perez to go along with marv to dc yeah and then they went they went over to dc and they began writing new teen um, titans uh, New Teen Titans, and that was a huge hit for them. I, actually, it's, I was just, I, I've seen it before, but it felt more significant that at the end of Nightwing, it says created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, look at, so look at those guys. These, these, uh, like, so the writers at Marvel were leaving D- for DC, but the books at Marvel were selling. I mean, this is like prime Claremont X Men when, Claire- when X Men were dominating the, the world, and um, New Teen Titans was like their answer to that and it sold really well but other books weren't at dc weren't doing well at all and so that yeah so dc decided uh like this is a this is a risky gamble that they didn't really have any any hope in but they said fuck it you've got an idea you do it and they started when they started doing the research so like two full years they had to come up with like the basic bones of crisis and then started uh laying little like like easter egg seeds of of like uh having the monitor was like a full year where the monitor popped up and none of them make any sense because he's portrayed as a cosmic crime boss that people went to for (laughs) weapons yeah yeah and it's it's just this like this unseen voice that's just kind of pops up in an issue of every single book in dc for a full year bad guys call him up and they're like yo i need weapons and then it's even brought up in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. It's like you were selling weapons to, and it's like no, he's like a Uatu type character. Yeah, yeah. like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and he he's the watcher. It. He's like, yeah, I just, I just did that because I was biding and my time. It's Alan, like, okay, bro. Alan Moore <laughs> yeah. just has like them look up in the sky. It's like, and a watchman watches. It's like, oh, real clever, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Who watches him though? That's um the void. But, yeah, and apparently. like. It, yeah. <laughs> but it was also very like uh, a lot of the writers were really pissed because they they were not given much like the description uh, at all. The, yeah, no description of what crisis was going to be or what crisis is or like who some, the monitor is. And we're just told to put them in the books. So that's some, why it doesn't fit. Uh, some issues end with calling the event the wrong name. <laughs> that's awesome. Amazing. That's fucking That's incredible. how little yeah. information they had. And they also like <laughs> like DC didn't promote it like they did not they had no, no. faith that this was actually going to go but it fucking which, exploded like if, it which is like someone must have been looking at George's pencils right like that alone yeah. should have told you that this was a so, different calibre was going to happen 
yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. But so, whatever. So back, back to like solidifying the DCU. Basically, Marv's whole idea was like, okay, we have to eliminate the multiverse and we have to this is take the pieces that like, we want and, and unify them. This is like together, canon. Yeah. This is like canon auditing. This is like. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, yeah, they took one guy. They made everyone read it, and then they just audited what they wanted, just picked it out, and then figured out a way to mush it all together, which yep. is impressive. Yep. With how, like, with all of that mess that one they inherited right from all these different companies, and two created themselves. Right. <laughs> so yeah. like, this was like I could see that, especially at that time. This had to be this is a massive undertaking. So I can understand why like DC's like this isn't going to fucking work. Like yeah. I can like, completely understand this is going why to they be, would doubt this. This right. is going to be literal psychobabble. Like this is and going I, to yeah, make no It's going to be complete sense. nonsense and it's not going to do anything you want. And we're still going to be. And fucked. other than, <laughs> other than secret wars at Marvel, I don't think there was anything like this to this like extent like to this there had huge... been crossovers but not right this like, like all-encompassing and altering like this, a, this has um, huge ramifications for the foreseeable like still we're th- there's an event in dc right now coming out on the shelves called dark crisis on infinite Earth. right like, and uh that's <laughs> one of the ways to refer to dc's timeline is post and pre-crisis and as something Absolutely. that is still done even though they've already rebooted with new 52 yeah. yeah. So it's still the one. The one thing I will not talk about is the current state of DC's, uh, you know, multiple universes. Omniverse. Because, because you know the the allure to use infinite worlds again after this event is just too tantalizing to people, <laughs> and it gets <laughs> fucked up over and over again until yep. like really, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I mean, my, my thing is, uh, I think, if we're really going to get into it, I feel like storytelling and continuity are two different things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it, you can have a cool fucking story that just doesn't exist in continuity, and it's fine. Well, it's, it doesn't have to be a separate universe. I, it's, it's like, just make it a book. It, it feels like them being envious of Marvel again, because Marvel's figured out a way to kind of lean into the multiverse. Whereas, well, in the movies especially, yeah. yeah. Whereas Mar- DC keeps kind of being like, "Can we do it?" Ah, fuck no. Marvel is better at it, and part of the reason they're better at it is because they don't really care, and also part of it is because um, there is bookkeeping as to what Earth is, what Earth, but like, it it it's fine. Like Into the Spider Verse yeah. happens like every year. Yeah, and it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's fine. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and and like with with uh DC specifically, like it was it was so like I it this is anecdotal, but it it ties back. I swear, it's actually hilarious that it happened today. So, um, uh, my boyfriend Zach um wanted to read Swamp Thing, so I'm like, well, here's Alan Moore Swamp Thing. That's where you start. So here fucking you go. Good. And I forgot that there was a lot of like. DC stuff in there like 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 mm. Superman pops up and like Etrigan and all that shit and um at one point like Superman just like he's like do you know how much atmosphere how many molecules are in the atmosphere I can count them for you and Zach just like sends me a, a screenshot of that and he's just like what is this weird flex like why is Superman <laughs> threatening to count all of the molecules in the atmosphere he's like is that his dumbest and most useless power and I'm like 
funny you should ask because Superman had so many dumb and useless powers. And then I just like sent him an article, like some like IGN article of mm. like Superman's 20 dumbest fucking powers pre-crisis. And the article starts with explaining that before crisis, people just did whatever the fuck, whenever the fuck. But it was also- You can make this, like, anyone buy him a hot dog no Also, there was, there was like- <laughs> could, like shapeshift and like- one of them was like lawn, like lawn gardening. Like it was like, and there was like <laughs> five Supermans, maybe yeah. more. Who knows? Yeah, there's like yeah, there's four in this book. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so, uh, there's so and, many moments where I I kept like just putting this down and going, why are there so many Supermans? There's canon, so many Supermans. Canon is a tool, not a law, and I like yeah. canon in comics because I uh to the extent of I like. Writers going back and cherry picking things and using old characters that aren't used. I don't give a fuck about uh, Flash having a hat in one issue and a not having a hat when someone goes back <laughs> 20 years later to the same story by accident. Like, that doesn't interest me. I don't care. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There, I think there's, there's a certain type of fan that just, like, lets Ken get to them too much. And it's the kind of person that watches like a Christopher Nolan movie and then has to tell you about all the like <laughs> uh, continuity errors. And it's like, just watch fucking Inception and enjoy it. I, Calm down. Like, like why? <laughs> like, I get I get the fascination with it to an extent. It's just like the people that use that to like harass people. It's like, you didn't know this. It's like, no, because not everyone reads everything from the 40s. Like. It's, Not everyone's yeah. that one guy that but got locked in a basement and forced to read all of DC at gunpoint. I just love how this book <laughs> is like, fuck you. Fuck your cannon. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. making my own. Well, and <laughs> I'm going to take your cannon and I'm going to load it into a cannon. I'm going to shoot it out some, into the fucking some universe. Writers, so say fucking goodbye some, to your cannon. And, and that was yeah. the, that, that's the, some writers at DC were like, you know, literally hostile towards this idea. Right. Because yeah. they, they just Cause wanted, it hamstrings them now. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, the, but there, are, there are fun ways to play with continuity. Like Kyle Baker has done. I was trying to find the name of the actual villain, but Kyle Baker did a uh, a run of Plastic Man where the main villain was someone who fucked with continuity, and like they pointed out these like mm. little stupid errors in continuity. Like you know, where like uh, you know, in one issue Robin was wearing these pants, and the next issue he wasn't, and there was like that was me. I did that. Like I went, I changed his pants. Yeah, I went back <laughs> this, and changed. Yeah. This, this I made Galactus a different color. Right, yeah. <laughs> this conversation is kind of giving the, the vibe that we hated this book, but... It no, is, no, 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 no. This book is... It's just... It's interesting to talk about it because it was such a landmark thing and what it did for DC, and then DC would spend its entire rest of it, of their, um, you know, like, up until now, trying to recreate this and also not giving a fuck that they did this in the first place like uh it, it's also very like uh i feel like once you have read this and it like we were talking about how like dense it is but like dense in the best way it's epic like it's not it's not a it's, slog it it's, is it's big it's huge it's yeah in every it's, sense it's, of it, the word every single panel is the end of everything and you have to like it is it is like being on edge, the, like the cliffhanger at the end of the movie, but, but for twelve issues straight. It's done you know, really like it's well just, because I was because I remember reading this. We were talking like from the jump, 
you get the size and scope because it basically is like, oh, and then the multiverse is created and then it just goes the, fucking uh, bonkers. Yeah, it literally jump. starts with the big thing. The, the cover, like, cool. The cover cool. of the first issue is a wraparound and it's these earths that are like a Newton's cradle. Yeah. Like, yeah, it looks really smashing cool. into each other. Yeah. And like, th- these covers are some of the best covers of all time. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like, it's incredible. We, I mean, just, we like, can use this as a jumping on point to talk about. Well, like, the yeah, I just book, like but. it's the overall <laughs> book. Like, I remember reading this, just the actual book. Like, it, you get this, you get the size of what they're doing from the very first, yeah, couple pages, and then because well, it, it, it opens it, with Earth Three just getting demolished, yeah, and these are villains it, that we have seen in other places. This is like the right. evil counterparts of the Justice the, League just the getting annihilated yeah. by an antimatter wall as powerless to like, like so powerless to do anything that they like are are regretting being a villain One like the, it's just like what have i been doing my whole life this is pointless so the you know? the uh the second and third pages are splash pages of yeah. and so we meet a character called pariah pariah is created specifically for this event and his whole deal is he is watching these earths die he can't die himself and every he's time cursed he, by something, right? Right. He he yeah. is repenting for. He's like cursed because he's sinned, and this yeah. is his punishment. Um, and every time an Earth dies, he gets plucked and put onto the next one, and he, and like his it has to watch it, right? Yeah, yeah. But the the thing that this this double page splash, do, uh, kind of perfectly illustrates is Perez's artwork being so grand in scale but then also mm-hmm. smaller panels intercutting personal faces to really show good. emotion of yeah. like just pariah in general and like how like horrified a person is on an individual scale it it's so interesting and like really he cool. does that throughout the book in a yeah. really interesting yeah, it's, cool it's, it's, it's that, that thing that your brain I'm... does when you're like oh no eight billion people just died but like that's just a number when you see eight yeah. individual faces that right. has a bigger impact and, and it's, it also allows planet. him to tell four different stories at the same exact yep. time on the same page yeah like that's what yeah. he uses well, it for. and it, it's hard too it's when crazy you, when you make a amazing double page splash of you know tons of characters and a person sees it they're like that's awesome. I'm going to spend some time looking at this, but that doesn't convey the story as much as maybe right. you would want to. So he, yeah. So all these smaller, like I love the, his layouts. I love the way yeah. he construct, like he places panels because I think it's really smart. Like specifically on like that page you're talking about, right? So like the middle would be your normal splash page. And then there's two layers above it that are telling the destruction pariah, the main splash page yeah. you're used to the actual story and then just like more story underneath in like these five rows and it's like you get so much out of two you, and that's what we mean by dense right. these two pages would be 10 pages in a comic yeah. book right now george perez has this way of zooming out where like there are some yeah. of these splash pages that i could look at for hours like there's just so yeah. much going on there's so much going on in, of, and, in dialogue and story in in detail of the drawing and i kept think- and they're not even the whole page which is crazy yeah. to me and I kept I kept thinking and, about this as a movie in my head and going like how much would this movie cost to make? And it would cost You literally couldn't make it. Billions of dollars. You to couldn't make, make it. And you couldn't make this couldn't. movie. That that's where that's where comics <clears throat> separate themselves from from movies in such a such a way where you're 
your budget is really your artist's ability. And with an artist like George Perez, your budget is huge. You, Wolfman could literally do whatever he want, and yeah. he did. Yeah, like, and like, that was that like, was the thing. Like, <laughs> like DC was right to be skeptical that this would absolutely. be a success because I do not think anyone else could have pulled this off besides right. George Perez. Right. And Marv Wolfman is also he he gets all. Well, he's credit, a phenomenal but writer Perez too. Like, you needed the other piece. Yeah. Yeah. you needed an artist that could pull off because otherwise, we're, yeah, it would be eighty issues. We're you here know? to right, celebrate yeah. George. I mean, Marv. Absolutely, we're, yeah. we're not done talking about either of them on the show, no. but. This yeah, is for sure. to celebrate Perez and good lord yeah, is this There's book... a reason he is like the legend. So like, this is why this I, is I don't actually uh I don't actually it's part of it because it took me so long to read this book, but I don't actually own the absolute of this and I was like I let me go to Amazon right now like <laughs> smash that purchase button. Cuz I yeah. was like is it do, do they have like I know they have an absolute. I was like I need I need it. I need to put my yeah. eyeball. I need to like live in the book. I'm just, like, yeah. I'm just flipping through this. The first issue is so fucking crazy <laughs> that the reveal of the monitor feels like I read 14 issues. So and there's yeah. just, just so much shit. And it's, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in for something here. So yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. when I realized gonna, what I was getting into. Yeah. So we're, we're <laughs> yeah. not going to go, uh, we're not going to, you know, try to we can't we're not gonna go beat go by beat, beat. beat but anyway no the first issue is these worlds are dying uh the monitor gets introduced um at the end and uh it is essentially the monitor having lila who is another character that we meet and she turns into harbinger and she is going around to different worlds and and people. and plucking people out and forming yeah. a team um so that that is essentially the first issue uh, yeah, and then we we find out that Anti Monitor is the the destruction of the world. He's he's been let loose by I think Pariah's Pariah's like uh, experiment with antimatter was what let loose the Anti Monitor, right? Um, in, no, well he be- he is led to believe Krona- that is why he's being punished, but we find out that he didn't he wasn't actually the direct cause of it. Krona okay, um yeah, yeah. Krona that's a big reveal later. That's on. A Krona yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Krona in Green Lantern. Yeah, uh, ninety, way before this, created the antimatter universe by trying to, uh, trying to study the, the expansion of the or like the creation of the universe. Essentially, yeah, Pariah just kind of discovered it after the fact. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it. Is. So, and then what you learn is that the anti universe, uh, you know, the uh, is essentially just a mirror of. The multiverse, but um, instead of Oa, which is a the center of the positive universe, it's Quard in yeah. the anti universe, and that's where the anti monitor is. And um, just chilling. So just every a time a every time <laughs> a positive universe uh, planet dies, uh, it grows the strength of the anti one. Which is the anti monitor's goal is to destroy the take positive universe and take yeah. over everything. Um, 
That's basically the gist of the story. Right. Like that's yeah. at a super that's, high level. Yeah. That's the big overarching. And then, yeah, the villains have their own machinations because they want to like, have their own. So uh, like Brainiac gets about, all like, the villains together and does all. This is yeah. where I was new. Like this book, again, just reading this as a first time or two, like knowing what I was getting into and how big this book was. I don't know if Adam felt the same. So we talked about the that second issue. We have a splash page now of a whole top layer where he, George Perez has drawn every character yeah. that they've plucked, which is about 20 of them. Yeah. Monitor giving an overview with all of these just vignettes throughout and then just them all freaking out on two pages. Like, it's just so much information beamed into your eyeballs on two pages. Like, it was it was a little intimidating reading also, through this. Like, it's a lot. I just want to talk about the Joker. The Joker. The Joker's, the Joker's introduction is him robbing a film director because for the rights to his films, because films are starting to be colored and uh, they're worth a lot of money now, and it is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to colorize old films and like yeah, cash yeah. in on that. It's fucking great. It is so funny what and a, such a. I just like George I like just got an I, That's such a funny scheme because that did not pan out. <laughs> no, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like in in real life, that that fizzled out fast. Yeah, that's that is a that is a money loss scheme. Also, <laughs> actually, uh, something I really enjoyed about this was like, this is a the massive DC event, it, and as far as like the major players, like. Pretty much it's just Superman and then just a cast of characters that you're that are not as high profiles like Batman and Wonder Woman, which I actually kind of well, really like. There's also if, there's Superman, but there's also Superman and there's Superman. There's the, su- there's there's the also Superman. Superman. There's the Superman. There's also a Superman. There's a Superboy <laughs> yeah. and there's a Superboy. The, uh, a- it's okay. So the, <laughs> the other thing to understand about this book <laughs> is that in addition to being a uh, comic book canon you know, bookkeeping Fic- event. Fixer. It is also DC's 50th anniversary. And so they're celebrating set- all these characters. Right. Which it's I a think champagne it, which cork I, of, of characters. Which that makes sense. And I think it does a really good yeah. job of that. Honestly. So this is why there are two Supermen. Um, <laughs> see, Superman is interesting because he was around in 39, but then also... Um, kept going unlike the jsa so he gets so like when crisis happens and the world consolidates to one universe he gets taken out of being in jsa and in that time him and batman get like displaced in the in the timeline uh so it's it's interesting like so what do you do, you know, how do you represent the fact that Superman was around in that time, but then also, you know, not, uh, not like with the JSA and not on Earth 2. You have... Right. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's all a total paradox. You have Kal-El. He's, like, he's Billy and, Pilgrim at this point. Yeah. He's you have unstuck. Kal-El and Kal-El, one with an E yeah. and one without an E. I really liked how, um, <laughs> I liked how George Perez drew them, because like, they... Because like they they were they refer to the older Superman as like oh he's the greatest uh, to ever live because he's like the first noblest super- Superman, but they they drew him in such a way it's like oh that's just clearly an older version of what the Superman he we know and then like Superboy shows up does the same thing which I love because he leaps buildings in a single bound yep does not yeah. have flight 
Yeah, so he's not self-propelled. <laughs> and there's like all these different versions of characters, so that, and he does such a good job of drawing them to so you can tell them apart, which is I feel like it's a the that's a that, problem in a lot of that these types alone of books. is a is a skill the, that most yeah, other artists cannot exactly. accomplish. Like that alone is is insane. The one thing there's I really love oh, there's this oh, one big splash, another one of these big splash pages. I'm just kind of flipping through where yes. we're we're on like the monitor's ship. And there's just everyone's oh God, there. Yeah. There's like at least a hundred characters drawn in this one zoom out panel. But the ones that stick out is there's three different stretchy guys. <laughs> like you've got Plastic yes. Man who's all stretched out. You've got Mercury man. who's all stretched out. You've got the elongated man. And it's like uh, I just love how like they're all stretchy guys, but they're all different kinds of stretchy. And did you guys? Oh, it's so impressive. Did you guys notice that in the first two issues? Almost everyone has an excuse to say their name. Yes. There's yeah. so much yeah, yeah, name yeah. salad in this. Which book. is perfect because I needed well, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's how I found out about Angleman, the Wonder Woman villain <laughs> yeah. who uses yeah. angle rules. Right? <laughs> what an incredible villain. I love him. By the way. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I don't want to take a, like, go too hard into it, but like the pacing with the art, like you're, you're so sucked into like, because right away you're dropped into these earths being destroyed. All the while, they're building this incredible suspense of this villain that is creating, like, taking Psycho Pirate and um, controlling Harbinger and working against all of our heroes. And you don't get that reveal for like also a, a good while. Like, there's a there's like some big so fucking stakes here. Also, Harbinger, she is like the monitor's right hand uh, hand man and is going around collecting all the all the troops but she also says one day she will murder the monitor yeah um because she's being yeah. like manipulated by this unseen force yeah um which it takes like three or four issues which again feel like 10 uh in a good way uh to really get it's like i liked how the two of them like they built the suspense the it felt so big and so epic the and and meaningful like there were stakes yeah with yeah. every issue i love the fact that this this book is so big and the stakes are so high that we haven't even mentioned the two really impacting deaths that happen in it the, the, uh, the we haven't gotten count. to them yet the the, <laughs> the death count of this book is in the hundreds easily. i mean the yeah, death so count in general is insane but like one of the, there's a couple that stick out one of the as things, very important correct. one of the yeah. things i really like is that there's a point in the book where all but five universes get uh, destroyed. And right. yep. the ones that are left are Superman, uh, like from, our, from, the, from the normal DC universe, and then all characters that have been acquired by DC. So it is the <laughs> ultimate bookkeeping move in that yeah. it is, these are he the- got rid of everybody else. It is, I take it back. The death count is in the billions, but it's in the hundreds as far as named characters. Like, yeah. 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 But I just, I just like that. That is the ultimate bookkeeping move of the only universes left are the one we own and all the other ones that we now own. Uh, I, I also, it, it, you can almost see Marv Wolfman like having like the crazy board with all the string and like connecting oh, all the yeah. dots. And you just see him like flip it around and it all like falls off yeah. and he just draws like five circles. Yeah, and yeah. like that's. I like that <laughs> there's literally a cowboy world on this. It, it's it. all Hell yeah, of there is. Uh, it's all of the golden age DC stuff like Batlash, like Jonah Hex, yeah. and all that shit. We have a yeah. cowboy world. 
I want to yeah. go. To I kind of bring that's... Jonah Hex into this, and he's fighting space monsters. It's yeah. fucking incredible. So good. Uh, and <laughs> it's awesome. So the the universe is. I hate that. Also, that's the other thing we didn't talk about is that they call them Earths, but that's the name for the universe. Correct. So yeah. like, that's it, the only fucking. It's like on infinite Earth. There is also Christ on infinite universe. But they do universes. a good job yeah. of calling out that it's because like. A lot of the yeah. storyline of the old Superman is like, oh, my Krypton right. is gone. It's like, okay, cool. All right, there are other that, planets. That's you guys one are of just the. Talking uh, about them. That's one. The, yeah. One of the captions in one of the narration bubbles is all of the worlds in this Earth, and I'm like, God damn it, guys. Yeah, I, I also liked how <laughs> yeah. often the Anti Monitor kept referring to everyone as humans. It's like, well, <laughs> let's. I mean, the main guy that's whooping your ass is not that, right, so yeah. that's... I'm gonna stop you yeah, right like, there. Jot that down. <laughs> it's crazy that we're halfway through when we get introduced to the Anti-Monitor. And the character yeah. design on this dude is... He's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. It's like a malnourished it, yeah. skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he was given no notes. <laughs> to be fair, he looks better than the Monitor, who looks like Sebastian Shaw needed a he better does. job. He does. <laughs> Yeah. I, and this is when, like, with his it really job. starts. It really <laughs> starts to turn there once we get him, because like this is when Barry Allen really starts going through it. Barry oh, Allen, my, so, my fucking guy. So Barry, my Barry fucking Allen, guy. So, he has a rough so go. Barry <laughs> Allen through this whole book, Funny. he isn't, um, he isn't in the normal space time. He is like flashing. He's, he's, he's popping in and out of it throughout right. the book, which is brilliant. The way they did that, yeah, and. Put it all together. It, he like, kind that of was he kind of felt well like done. the the Silver Surfer in um, uh, Secret Wars, where it was just mm. like, yeah. dude goes through some shit, so and he's the, just trying to warn everybody that shit is coming. The thing about Flash <laughs> is that his book was becoming really unpopular because he had a twenty issue storyline of him on trial, and it was oh and. That's, and that's I shared pictures. Do him, it, I, his wife gets turned into a a big bald guy because her parents from the future turn change her. Yeah. It's it's I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's it's one of it, it's it's some of that ambient storytelling <laughs> that that we talked about um, during during the the uh, Neil Adams episode where it's just like you're just you're just. It's two in the morning and you're still telling this story. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's that's the uh, I think that's what sets apart pre-crisis and, and post-crisis DC mm -hmm. and, and comics in general is that like DC really, really dig dug in on the silly shit in a fun way. And I do love it. I'm not talking shit directly, but like they dug into the point that they couldn't dig themselves out without hitting a hard reset, whereas like. Marvel has the ability to kind of like if the, if yeah sure there is a Looney Tunes world where Spider Ham exists but also <laughs> there's there's world ending crises well, that are also, also you know part of multiverses that, are exploding part of that is just the simple fact of Marvel proper starting in the sixties and DC proper starting yeah. in the forties. Like storytelling. Yeah, so by, by the time DC was hitting the '60s, they were already like going through like they they run out of ideas, and they're just like, yeah, what if there's a rainbow version of right. Batman? Fuck it. But yeah. also, if we want to go there, they have the Looney Tunes. DC. <laughs> oh yes, they do. They do have. The they Looney literally Tunes. have Looney Tunes. But the uh, the the post crisis <laughs> books, like you know this this event was made to you know jumpstart things and. 
80s to 90s DC is arguably the best era. It is like well, so good. I mean, uh, hilarious to me that we that we talked about um, Animal Man, specifically the Grant Morrison yeah. Animal Man, and a big part of that plot is Psycho Pirate in Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. rambling about the pre-crisis universe because he's one of the few people <laughs> that hilarious. knows about it after yeah. it all. And um and I I was talking off mic with the guys beforehand, and it's like it's hilarious that like you guys didn't really have that that like baggage of knowing that that's from crisis specifically like the the tendrils of this are still felt in all the storylines ever since like there's there's some back to looney tunes there's coyote gospel yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean there's looney tune shit all over but sorry it's it's very yeah you're on on a different he's on a looney tune plane right now he's on a different plane i had a light bulb Um, Uh. (laughs) (laughs) but like you know uh that Animal Man run uh, like happened in 91, which is like, you know, five years after Crisis ended. So it's this like it was recent at the time, but like the 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 ripple effect is still, yeah, is yeah, still yeah. happening it's, through comics. Yeah. I mean, so, like the way they tell stories is still being told, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just like on top of everything else, like it's gorgeous. But like, I really like reading a story like this where basically you have the most powerful people that we know of as far as heroes and they're just getting their asses handed to them like they don't they are going to lose they basically lose there there isn't a lot of uh like physical punching until later like there isn't a whole because it doesn't work they're getting their asses handed to them they can't do shit they have like multiple big deaths like this is the kind of shit that awesome. I think people are going to the Marvel movies looking for, like that, like too big to be fought by, like you know the guy with the bow and arrow. Like it's like yeah, you yeah. know you're you're big in game, you're big like whatever the fuck they're trying to do now, and it's like you can't. This cannot be contained. Like this is this the only way you could have this in a medium is in a comic book because. It's, yeah, yeah, the, like the movie version is big. going into Endgame and finding out that they kill Thanos already, and then you get a new Thanos who's the bad guy. Yeah, but like this is yeah. like you get the anti-Thanos who is even scarier, who mm-hmm. has some scary teeth. I, I I just landed on the the cover where we get the anti-monitor. Dude, the anti-monitor <laughs> oh, yeah. has scary teeth. Like it's horrifying. Like George Perez had one of those nightmares at the dentist. Like yeah, and, absolutely. and was like, all right, he's, he's got to have weird teeth. I'm giving him weird teeth. <laughs> I just think th- this book is so epic in size and scope that the history of the people that eventually that are like the strongest people in the universe and end up creating the Green Lantern Corps are basically a footnote and also get their asses handed. To them. Yeah. Like, that's how big this book well, is. Well, like, to be fair, crazy. one of them kind of created this whole mess. So. One of them did kind of create the whole mess, but it's like, it's like <laughs> that's. And then you get characters like the Spectre that pop in who. I don't, I've read some books with him, but like you just see like oh this colossal scope of this kind of character. It's like, yeah, Superman's cool, but like this dude's fucking crazy. Like this dude's pushing universes back together. Spectre <laughs> is like, one of my favorite characters in this book because there's like, just these wild this page of him like fisting the, the planets that are colliding together. Dude, it's fucking, it's the craziest fucking shit. <laughs> nice. I phrased it how I meant it. <laughs> you fucking heard me. I said fisting. <laughs> um, 
and we just get like everybody like you know i get all it's I liked having all these characters and seeing them all drawn in this manner. Like you get your Doom Patrol people, you got all your Titans, uh, like classic heroes, the the note, like the one-off heroes, your villains. It's all fucking great, there, and they all look. There's great too. so many characters in this. So many, so many characters from like series that were like they were popular, I guess. Well, popular in quotes uh, when this book was coming out. Like no one gives a fuck about Orion the atlantis sorcerer who is and they're like (laughs) and and they're talking about like an old like they're cherry picked a pretty old version of the doom patrol where it's negative woman and she and she's a russian spy basically well this is before (laughs) morrison's isn't it (laughs) yeah Yeah, this is before this is this is five years before morrison this is basically based off of like that like the OG run basically the yeah. Silver Age yeah the Silver yeah. Age stuff like, like it's good but it's like holy shit like even that stuff's in here I also ke- it's just yeah. crazy I kept thinking about this this came out the year I was born so like oh, yeah that's yeah. wild like the, I was born into the, into this world of comics you're post crisis like, yeah you're, you're yeah. It, we're I think we're all post crisis well actually right? no yeah, I was I was a couple months before I this am, hit yeah. so I'm pre crisis oh. You're pretty the, uh, I think, That's why you're yeah. so fucking goofy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the the most like modern up to date team in this book is the Teen Titans because Wolfman and Pooh right. were writing that as this was coming out. Like right. That that is their babies. Like that so like you get the like current Nightwing costume. And this um yeah. which I thought was is an all time great oh, that co- in its fashion and that costume is amazing. Um, something <laughs> talking about press, something I thought was really cool. He did in one of the later issues was like, as all the mayhem is going on, Harbinger is w- watching these tapes and narrating and yep. the strip on the bottom and this like hyper realistic pencil drawings on the bottom. It's like sketches. Yeah, like, yeah. Sketches like talking about everything that's been happening and what the monitor. So you're getting like this history that the monitor has observed over millennia while all this mayhem is going down and and, and almost like these two very distinct styles and it just shows like i feel like that was george prez like yo i'm a i'm a flex on him this whole book yeah you didn't have to flex on us but i'm glad you did like you you see this hyper like this pencil it's like almost like a more realistic pencil version of the brainiac ship and then right above it it's like the comic book version of the the brainiac ship and you can really see the difference and the time that he took I think in the, um, designing them differently. The it's really cool. Monitor tapes were what the what Wolfman had planned for the monitor cameos to right. be earlier and not for everyone to make him an intergalactic they, arms they were dealer. The backup, they were the backup <laughs> stories that never made I it. I just, I still, yeah. I love that fact. Like, they set up, That's they crazy. seeded this character, like, for a year in books and people used him as like a fucking kingpin in space, which, like, which is crazy. Because can you imagine all of that and then reading this and then that's who he is? Like that's like that probably was fucking wild. I recently read the <laughs> Kevin yeah. Smith. I was like, well, couldn't have predicted that one. I recently read the <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith script for Superman Lives, and I kept oh getting God. hung up on Brainiac. Like, like I didn't understand what Brainiac he was writing, and it's this is this is it. Oh, it's that this Brainiac. Is the Brainiac. Yeah, it's for sure. Oh man, Brainiac <laughs> yeah. and Darkseid in this awesome dude fuck okay. yeah they are i have to say my favorite moment in this comic was um basically ever they go back to the brainiac shift after they get their asses beat 
Because like there was an issue here where I'm like, oh, okay, this is like the epilogue ep- issue. Oh yeah, you. And then I'm like, I'm reading over. it, I'm reading it, you and then I get to the bitch. end, I'm like, oh cool, nope, it, he's still there. Like they they you, didn't you do Annie anything. Monitor, you fucking and then Dark Side shows up. Annie Monitor literally Dark Side shows up. Annie Monitor like what the fuck? Annie Monitor literally goes away for an issue, becomes yeah. becomes a non-problem, and then you start realizing that. Oh, now they're going to deal with the fact that well, Harbinger was collecting heroes, Brainiac was collecting all the villains. All the villains. And then, yep. then Brainiac's like, oh, let's go to the only place that has someone strong enough to fucking kill this thing, and they go and roll up on Darkseid's fucking front porch. I'm like, this book is fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, just, it's just so fucking it, crazy. It was, yeah. it was funny. The fact that that's like, what, like, like towards the end, you're just like, yeah. what? <laughs> like... Like the issue before, I thought it was the epilogue because they're like, "Oh, we're all woke up and like it's over, and we're just gonna have to figure out ha- oh, who, who who's still here." And Marv's like, "Hold my beer." So I think we should I think we should circle a little bit back and talk about the deaths that Casey went into because I think yeah, I, would, impo- I think they're important. I was just about to to we are running a little open. bit long, but yeah, this is gonna be a long uh, episode. Who cares? It's, it's like Barry. Yeah. Barry's if there's a big one, one episode where we little... we can be allowed to be a bit long. It's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, because doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barry yeah, yeah. stay dead for quite some time after this until yes. Final Crisis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Which again, now I need to read that again because that's gonna hit way different too. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Any anyway, uh, the first big death is Supergirl. It's Supergirl, yeah, that's right. Which sucks because when you learn about <laughs> what their reasoning was, was that Superman's continuity was just too complicated and it seemed like everyone from Krypton had survived, actually. <laughs> yeah. Because so yeah, they, they just kept getting more ships. They even, just kept getting so more people. Even his fucking dog, <laughs> his childhood dog somehow survived. That's Don't speak shit. ill on crypto. Ape? Why is there an ape? <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy one. They could have just put Crypto in the same ship with him, and like that's he'll need a friend. No, he showed up way friend. later. I love, I just love Supergirl, and I feel like it's just like all right, let's just kill mm-hmm. the woman. Well, I mean, like, like it wasn't know, unceremoniously. Yeah, definitely. That's it, like she died fridge, being yeah. the biggest hero in this fucking oh, story. I think her. She oh, died her, because she was the biggest. Hero I think her in this death rules. Story. I just like I think she they, got, Marv did a good job handling yeah. it at least yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. also it, it definitely felt like the editors being like we gotta kill a woman and make <laughs> but, Superman sad but about that, it you know? it's gotta like, be an important one but not, new, not too important but that cover can't be Lois but it's gotta be a woman that cover to six of <laughs> Superman holding her it's like yeah, one it's, of the most iconic covers of all time it is yeah. heartbreaking in before you even open the book also yeah. one of the really cool things about um like one of the cool things like casey mentioned that there was pretty much no marketing for this and uh distributors at the time had almost no information about the books they were ordering so this generally shocked people and then to have this and the other major death back to back issue to issue like must have blown people's minds Dude, yeah, we crazy. are not fucking around. This is not fucking around ours. Like this and again, is like, we're ha- and, and at that point, we're halfway through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the halfway also, point. The, is Supergirl the, dying? What, what made me kind of chuckle a little bit about the the this big Jeez. death is like the story was a rapid crescendo. Like like this story, yeah. like the voice of this story is is someone who's shouting at you who keeps getting louder and louder with every sentence, and then like. 
Supergirl dies, and then everything just kind of quiets down for a bit. Like, let's all chill for just a moment, just for a little bit. It's done so well, because then he just cranks it up to 50. Yeah. It's yeah, like, all right. like the, the, the pacing, it, it, it definitely, like, it hits a crescendo, and then it ebbs for a second. Mm-hmm. To, like, oh, you get, did you catch your breath? Too bad! Fuck I, you! And, and he 100%, just, yeah, right he 100% got me. I think, like, 100% yeah. it worked. Uh, I think it's interesting. Um, Superman, obviously Superman is DC's most important character, and uh, I think this book does a really good job of highlighting how important he is, even a wash among you know of like this, All the other this book being you know containing every other character in dc but having so like mm-hmm. someone so close to superman and him not being able to save a person is like it, it just it raised the stakes right yeah it made it so much it, like a lot of times you read these books and like you're like oh superman's got it but like the stakes, yeah. were you know, so there's gonna high. be a, a reset button where everyone comes back. And the and it'll be yeah. well, the, the '80s like, oh, also was a time where superhero death wasn't like super common. Right. There was there was a time. <laughs> yeah. there, there was a. You're talking. There was a time. I'm looking at some of these covers. This Annie Modern Specter cover with everyone fighting in the yeah. background is incredible. So and I just realized that Starro is on yes. it, and I don't think he's in. And like. I don't remember seeing Starro no, in, Star in there. All. He's in there. Once. He's in there, just floating the, in the background. Yeah. The a little bit. only That's character. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I I didn't try too hard. The only character I can't think of that is in that uh, isn't in the book, and there's a very specific reason. It's because he died. Like the issue before was Trigon, and I was like, because I wanted them to go to hell and oh, get shit. Trigon, <laughs> but apparently, because even fucking the Creeper was even in it, like the multiple times. Still, like, that's had, had Trigon was Trigon killed in um, uh, New, T- New Teen Titans? Yeah, I think Raven. That, yeah, so that makes yeah, sense yeah, okay. because they like right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like and Marv had like the continuity of that. And he's like, well, we can't put Trigon in. But I wanted them to go to hell and like Trigon. We need you. <laughs> that would be so cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> they have and Etrigan like- didn't exist yet, so they can't get no, that. Etrigan demon, existed. You know? No, Etrigan's in. Etrigan's a Kirby creation. Oh, yeah, yeah, seventies. So that makes sense. The, yeah, Etrigan's actually in, in it for like a second. Constantine's also yeah. in it for like one scene where he's in a house talking to a rich guy. Yeah, he's like kind of there with like the, some of the other random. He's like thrown in with the other random magic users that the, we the, get in the, the magic universe. weirdos. Alan, yeah. yeah, Alan Moore must have just created him. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. They also talk <laughs> about the green. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is happening simultaneously, like the mm-hmm. poison ivy, is, like uh, Alan Moore Swamp thing, is like right around the same time. Poison, right? poison ivy is like Shout taking out. over a Earth. Like Brainiac is like, yeah, all right, we can awesome. take over the Earth now. I like th- there. W- there is a moment oh, where yeah. they cut to Constantine, and Constantine's like, man, uh, like Swamp thing's really gonna hate this, isn't he? Mm, or like, yep. or it's, it's something <laughs> like that. Where like he he mentions Swamp thing, and then <laughs> dude, I, and then there's Barry. Oh, poor Barry, You're fucking Barry, man. Poor guy. Talk about a guy that just got like on top of everything else. Seven he straight goes, issues. He goes fucking through it hard, and then still. I want to say axed. that <laughs> like, when when I was younger, I played HeroClix a lot, and there was an Infinite Crisis, uh, HeroClix set that had a Barry figure that was, uh, multiple berries all connected through lightning, but they but each one got progressively more and more skeleton like, and it oh my horrified God. me cool. as a kid. 
that's, that's spooky. Cool, it, yeah, it's that's a, fucking rad and also it's terrifying. It's a fantastic <laughs> idea, idea for a sculpt, but it's just like yeah. I love the I love his actual death scene of the panels going like you know going to mm-hmm. his like empty costume. Uh, yeah, dude, oh, man. the facial expressions on Barry throughout this book, it's like. Just someone help this guy. Like he just tortured doesn't begin <laughs> to t- say like what he's going through. Like oh my god! And all the while, Psychopirate's just trying to be his friend too. Yeah, it's Psychopirate's like, such like, a hey, man. jerk in this. Yeah, Psychopirate's like, wait, no, no, Flash was supposed to help. Where's Flash? Hey, hey! Like, Psychopirate <laughs> goes through it, but like I don't feel nearly as bad he, for him. Oh no, he's, of course not. He he's was a dick. he was going to he was like you know happy when he was winning with anti-monitor and then as soon mm-hmm. as the tide shift um yeah, yeah so it, yeah it's interesting Barry dying um because a- among like there are huge monumental changes after this book but one of the biggest ones is just how uh how much people will come to love Wally Wally. Right. So yeah. the first, uh, so Flash's book starts at number one after this. Um, and for the first, like, 40 issues, it sucks. It is so bad. If anyone's a fan of the Mike <laughs> Barron and uh, Mesner Lobes, who are both terrible people, um, if anyone's a fan of that, I'm sorry, but I hate that. Oh, Archie's coming for him hard. Uh, but then, Don't Mark, add us. But then Mark Wade takes over and it's Mark Wade, Grant Morrison, and Jeff Johns for yeah, it's a hell 15 of a years. Yeah. I think it's like 200 That's issues to of some of the best comics ever and it, it is just yeah. the the only the only flash I have ever read outside of like some kind of tie-in to uh, an event was the Grant Morrison stuff, like specifically um the Black Flash uh, stuff. No, the uh uh aging up um not wally who's the one after him what the hell is his bart name? bart yeah. allen yeah the like the bart allen shit uh which is just like yeah you made me care about bart allen um, <laughs> like, yeah well, i am i'm dying to talk about flash on the show at some point we'll talk about wade's run oh we'll get there it is we can but, do that we can plan that out for next season. but really yeah i mean like it's in like barry was gone for a long time and wally mm-hmm. wally like Barry had a a problem of you know being written in the fifties and sixties and like just not right. being super interesting, um, and then they make Wally really such a great character and this you know Barry's death is a fundamental building block into making Wally an interesting character because he doesn't think mm-hmm. he's yeah. a good enough Flash, um, and it, so. Yeah, it, it really at, it makes creates one of the best characters in DC, and um, and I think it also the this this event and Wally both make Flash a fundamental building block of the multiverse stuff, right? Of the like whole vibrational, his, his thing power like, is the one. Yeah, he's his, the linchpin. Cause, yeah, and it's it's mm-hmm. like he doesn't just like he, he go fast. It's more like he the interdimensionally is able yeah. to traverse the multiverse through this one of the force really, and it's like it's, it's uh one of the really heartbreaking things in this book is Barry takes down the anti-monitor's cannon and no one knows 
No one knows that he yeah. just saved the, like untold billions of people <laughs> because he doesn't interact with anyone. It's he's so isolated. This whole book, it, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the silent sacrifice, right. like the true hero move yeah. to and then, do what you have to without. And the then praise, once you learn yeah. that um, the the like little uh, spurts of flash that show up in the beginning of this book are actually him making the death run, yeah, and him like seeing yeah. DC history as he's like sacrificing himself is so cool and like really just one of one of the best scenes in the book yeah Yeah, it was incredibly well done Uh, and drawn like yeah everything about it and uh you know so the flash you know takes a minute to get going after this with because i'm not a big fan of those issues but also (laughs) uh tell me how you really uh (laughs) i just wanted to talk a little bit about uh you know what happens after this uh after crisis because you get batman year one which is Another yep. just foundational bedrock uh, Batman story and DC story as a whole. Um, Perez's Wonder yep. Woman, which is arguably the best Wonder Woman run. Um, John Burns Man. John of Burns Steel, Man of Steel, which Superman. is incredible, even though he's also an asshole. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Australian Suicide Squad, which is one of my favorite runs of all time. Um, we've talked about that on the show. We have. That. Yeah, we talked yep. about the first volume, yep. And that brings in Nightshade from the Charlton characters. Um, so, like, all these, all the, all the characters kind of have to smush together and exist in one world after this, and it kind of, it fixes continuity in the sense that there's no more multiverse, but it, it creates a whole bunch of new problems because now you're working on fixing how the timeline works. Yeah, now you've got Jonah Hex in space. Right. I do like yep. how they um, realize they have a Superman problem, and they're like, okay, well, three of you are just going to not come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Earth, uh, in a few and years, and we're going to kill Superman fix that completely. That's the like, other big death of, the, of Crisis is Earth 2 Superman, who goes... Is there Superman that, like, they actually kill Wonder Woman, but they fix that problem really fast. Yeah. Wonder, yeah. Wonder Woman's big... Um, Wonder Woman's big history retcon is that the JSA Wonder Woman and the early JLA Wonder Woman is actually her mom. That, like, because she was too young to be on those teams, so it's such a strange, like, there's, like, some people are more willing to play ball with the, you know, with, like, kind of trying to building blocks of history after this, and then some people are just like, whatever. Fuck it. (laughs) And then, like we mentioned, Um, Wolfman and Perez would do the history of the dc universe to try to uh try to smooth things over and it you know works to some extent but honestly who cares because at this point it's all it's all a mess again it's messy you gotta yeah you gotta you gotta get your hands in there and get dirty but like it's yeah too many cooks in the kitchen is always gonna cause uh, a, a messy multiverse but i think Ultimately, like, especially looking at, like, but just books that we've talked about, right? Like, uh, specifically all the, like, the Grant Morrison stuff from the early 90s and, like, you know, the, so many of those stories are so foundational because they come out of this crisis reboot. You yeah. know, like, it's, it's, it's rebuilding the DC universe and rebuilding it with this new 
high concept sci-fi backdrop that that gives you so much room it, it's a totally new sandbox to play in you know right, and 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 that's what yeah and and the writing of the 80s also was a big change um for comics yeah. and it yeah it just like it's funny how uh both marvel and dc are kind of denoted in like attitude shift with frank miller both daredevil and batman uh frank miller like just making like kind of a just a mature shift to how things are written um yeah totally but, yeah the kids the kids that were reading this are starting to grow up and we are going to grow up yeah, with them it's is like it's right, kind this, of this is where this hits right yeah so yeah. doing this big reboot right before kind of a writing renaissance is it's like a really smart move and i think that's one of the reasons why it it stuck for like it stayed with people for so long like it, it really created, like you said, it was a it was a landmark where you could say think comics before and comics after, right? Like that's right. still a, like and all comics. That. I think I think Marvel yeah. falls into that category too, whether they like it or not. You know, all comics changed after eighty five. Uh, yeah, now, now people the, hear Crisis and they kind of want to go see what Marvel's doing, but you know, it there's like it it's you know it. I don't think there's any Marvel crisis that I've read, at least recently, that came anywhere close to the stakes that this did. No. And, and like, even the big crisis, the big, the big events that, that Marvel has, like Secret Wars. Secret Wars was a crossover with Hasbro to sell toys, my guy. Like, it was not... The stakes of the writing room weren't very high because it well, was, hey, what if we put... The word secret and the word wars together, and kids will buy a, a black suit Spider Man toy. Like that was until Hickman. So, one of the yeah. best toy runs they ever yes. did. Well, like yeah. I said, until someone like Hickman rolled around and it's like, okay, let me hold my beer. Let like, me, you know yeah, I mean? exactly. And so, yes, well, the stakes do get raised. And even Judgment Day right now, like, you know, the, the, there's a lot of stuff that has come since then. Secret but, Wars is, you know, like, again, Secret Wars was made to sell toys, but also it happens in Beyonder plucking them out of that universe. And into yep. a new very world. similar premise yeah yeah but, a great that, but run, though. it yeah. doesn't it doesn't affect marvel except for spider-man suit like this did this was dc yeah, there's, there's no there's no stakes that, that that goes across the entire like it's just this was nothing nothing has such a monumental impact as far this as this was that Christ. guy that they hired to read every dc book taking file cabinets and smashing them against each other <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about that guy ever ever since we started talking about this, and I keep wondering <laughs> if that was necessary. Like, <laughs> well, did they I think have that to depends. put this guy through all that. I think that depends on if you think that rebooting the universe. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, but like, like, did they have to read uh, two years worth of comics to do this? Like, did they really need to do all that? I just feel like it was cruel to make it just one guy. Yeah. You could have gotten Probably five had guys. To, I they think could... they did to do it so they make sure they could have everybody. Well, they, they, they had sure old, they yeah, they had to they take wanted. stock. They had to do inventory. You know, yeah. like you got to get your get get through the the grunt work mm. before mm -hmm. you can clean house. You know? But like you said, it should have been like five people at least. <laughs> yeah, they can they can aggregate their work together. It doesn't have to like be one, one yeah. guy as the keeper Ridiculous. of all knowledge. What the yeah, fuck? but now it's just Superboy Prime who has nothing better to do than sit at home at all day. <laughs> that, <laughs> yep. That's got to be one of the strangest like things to come out of this is Jeff Johns would take Superboy Superboy Prime who is this like 
Superman who grew up on our world. He's supposed it's supposed Earth Prime is supposed to be our world and turn him into like a complete monster. Such a yeah. he he turns into like a little alt right incel bitch boy. <laughs> like he turns into this like pedantic <laughs> sad. But he's like a sweet asshole. little guy. But in this. Superboy Prime yeah. is Superboy from uh from the death Infinite of Superman Crisis. where he had like the leather jacket and the cool shades. No, no, no. That is that's Connor. No, no, that that's Okay. Yeah. Superboy no, Prime. That, that Superboy rules. Superboy Prime. Well, Superboy Prime rules too, but he's just not until a, until Infinite Crisis. No, he's just not a good person. I think he's. <laughs> I think he's yeah. interesting as a villain because oh, he's a fascinating character, absolutely. But yeah, he's, uh, my introduction to him. I think I read Infinite Crisis first, like all the way through before I went back and read Crisis on Infinite Earths. So my my take on Superboy Prime will always be fuck that dude. He he has the well the, the coolest thing about reading this is he has the anti he wears the anti monitor suit. Like Yeah. Uh mm. so he he has cool. all the powers of like Golden Age Superman. And there are like, you know, in Infinite Crisis, there are these crazy uh fight scenes of him taking on everyone. Infinite Crisis kind of happens yeah. because he punches the multiverse back open. Like <laughs> yeah, uh, no, and then him, him cool and Anti Monitor become Yellow Lanterns. Like the the oh yeah oh shit the Doctor. the ways this book has impacted uh, DC is like you know uh, like like we said still being felt today and very people have been you know cherry picked this story for multiple things. It's it's found it's one of the found there's it's a classic for a reason it's foundational yeah to yep. all of comics. I keep thinking of th- and I think I think that's where we should probably cut the conversation short because we could continue <laughs> well, to talk I, for hours. I, I keep thinking about this book in terms of gatekeeping, like like there's the the gatekeeping in comics where like you know you try to keep the best stuff for yourself or like you know you hold back. This is this is the opposite. This is like just opening the gates and going, here you go. Here's everything. How do you like that? Yeah, this is opening the floodgates and you might drown right. if you had not had yeah, a little bit of like, a lifeboat to cling on like to. Standing first. in front of a fucking fire hose and hoping you could stand up. Like, yeah. No, you you're <laughs> holding out crazy, a, a pint glass in front of a in front of an open fire hydrant. You're, you're like, blowing up yeah. the multiverse, but you're also making it much easier for people to to, you know, dig into the sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like I would say, almost all of the DC reading I've done is post crisis. Like, yeah, almost in its entirety, everything I've read in DC has been post crisis. Because before that, it just I was like, I, this is not something I could latch onto. This is too fucking weird and bonkers, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so I I think I've appreciated what's I didn't know it until I read it, but I was like, I think I've definitely. It helps me get into DC Comics. For this sure. was on. Un- this was a life achievement yeah. unlock. I think um, reading this. Yeah. Finally. Oh yeah. It changes the way that you read. It it does because like yeah. I I tried. I I made an attempt at reading this when I was a kid and went <laughs> nope. I don't. I, I there's this it, that's is that, too deep. That's the water anti, is cold. That's an anti gatekeeping thing. Uh, yeah exactly and then uh you know i I got a little i leveled up a little bit and then i eventually did jump in and i think it took me like a month like i did was not a quick endeavor but it it yeah it it changes the way that you see it's like through the looking yeah like it's one of those like you don't want to say oh give it to someone when they start reading comics like to hold it it's like i don't think you want to start with it give it to somebody after they fall in love with comics 
I, uh, that's, yeah, because like that's what I would say. It won't make any sense, and it won't mean as much until you've started. Like you have a foundation. Like it's important to all of comics, but it's really hard to start with this because it's like the pinnacle of the medium in a lot this, of ways as this well. This is a good recommendation for someone who thinks they've read everything. It, of it someone who like I mean that's comes cool. in the shop and be like, I, I I just feel like I've people keep recommending stuff that I've already read or like I don't know where to go from here. It's like all right, strap in. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to give this to someone who like doesn't have much knowledge and see like what they latch on to. Like, yeah. does this make them want to read like Supergirl because she was, you know, given the short stick? Or this definitely makes me want to <laughs> read Supergirl. It makes me want to read Flash. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah I mean, because like, let's I knew go. he was let's, gone let's for a while, and Flash. like now understanding why and like maybe what's important behind that, and like because I've read some of the aftermath, right? Yeah. Go, like the modern stuff so reading that again or actually reading the flash run would be really cool actually because I, I don't think i've actually read that I, i've been trying to figure out what issue it is without having to rip open boxes and but the very first comic book i ever bought was a random flash issue from like a few years after this oh shit or like it might have even been right around this era like i have to i have to dig in and figure out what oh so the garbage that rj was talking about yeah (laughs) i need to go i uh, like i'll be back next week with that issue of flash but like this kind of this kind of reminded me of the kind of stuff i was reading when i was just getting into comics i I kept just kind of dipping my toe into like superman and flash there's definitely like random issues right yeah there's definitely a like a the thing about you know when you get into comics as a child it's like you have no dis- yeah you know there's no discerning it's just like what's this yeah superman's right. cool right the the <laughs> like i said the the best issue to start in is whatever issue of thing you want to read well that was this uh, one of the issues of doom patrol i picked up was because superman was on the cover but it's really fucking weird because it's that like painting yeah. style. I yep. forget who does the covers yep. yeah so i was just like oh what the fuck is it. superman doing in this yeah but it's like the issue where like mr nobody takes them into the painting the of painting, paris yeah. and superman's just like how the fuck do i punch a painting what the fuck i gotta call some weirdos i, I got it <laughs> I, I got into superman in earnest um during the death of Superman and the resurrection of Superman. We should talk so. about the Triangle Era at some point. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. This is, we're hitting the two-hour mark. I got to call it, guys. I think, <laughs> I think this is... We've said all we I hope need. Yeah, this we can go on and on and on. I hope this was enjoyable for people and wasn't just us talking about some book that we read. No, I feel like this was the the this was a masterclass on like the evolution of comics in the eighties. I feel like this is you know just dissecting it. Like I said, I think I felt yeah you know the kind of understanding of the circumstances, how this was written and why it's kind of important. I think that's important. I I think as a love letter to George Perez, um, like I I I think it's 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 funny that we started with we were going to do JLA Avengers and then. We're just like, you know what? If we're going to do it, let's do it. That honestly feels like this cliff notes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it felt like someone someone reading this in Fast Forward is what JLA Avengers felt I like. I mean, I loved his work before, but good Lord. Is it's this such yeah, a crazy. Uh, I understand like now. One so of the best. This, 
one of the yeah. like you you understand why the entire community grieved yeah. so yeah. so profoundly right. when he died and also pro- i've never i never got to meet him but uh everyone that did yeah. said he was just the fucking just like the nicest greatest guy dude. and yeah. to the up until the day he could no longer meet fans he was meeting fans mm-hmm. because he wanted he knew he had terminal cancer and was like, I need to meet as many people as I can because I, because they're the ones who made my life this good. And it's like, it's amazing. What a, what a dude. What a guy. Yeah, you like, know, because he, he can yeah. just rest on his laurels and never talk to a fan ever again <laughs> if he wanted to. But like, he loved it. He loved comics. He loved people. And the, the he, was, he was the gatekeeper. Like, if, if we're going to give the, uh, the, the, not the bad of kind. The, well, right now, I mean, like, the gatekeeper yeah. of comics, yeah, yeah. as in, like, you know, he's like, he welcomes you. He's yeah. Saint yeah, Peter. He's like the same. Like, hey, you're here. Come yes, on in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a huge, uh, like just landmark. I can't imagine his art is just gonna be burned in my brain forever. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's yeah. The, the he's like he's media. like the Jack Kirby of the modern era. I think definitely because. There's Definitely one of them. That's fair. That's fair. There was so much Jack yeah, Kirby he's... in this book, like the the way he draws outer space, the way he draws like like big like like those big machines, like those big oh, tuning yeah. forks. Oh, yeah. Well, he, I can't imagine how long those things fucking take to draw because they're so and, and much. It's fucking much crazy. like Kirby. He inspired a whole new generation of artists. I mean, look at Phil Jimenez. Right. Like Phil Jimenez. Is yeah. Yeah. His like protege, um, and yeah, just. The the outpouring on social social media when he was he was passing it, it's like one of the biggest I've seen for anyone. Yeah, like you said he was he was maybe not active, but he was still a fucking titan. In uh, the and industry. he brought Marvel Marvel and DC came together and said, "Sure, we'll reprint this crossover that we said we would never reprint right. because he was such the the." The man, just like, <laughs> like if you can get those two titans of capitalism to come together Jeez. about something and not make any money about it, like that's how you know. Well, <laughs> like, I'm glad that's meaningful. I'm glad we did this kind of sub series yeah. in the season of um, honoring these great creators because they it felt necessary. We lost it so just keeps happening. Many in one year, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we had R. another R. one planned too because I think there was three or four. So I think we're... well go. Oh, we got another go one. Go out yep. and uh, and and get your get yourself some George Perez books. There's like this is a this is a great. If you if you feel intimidated by this book, uh, start with Teen Titans yeah. or start with Wonder Woman. Those are also excellent and a little bit more uh, digestible if you're if you're not feeling bold. But so. if you want to see him draw everybody, this is the one to jump in on. <laughs> and we mean literally. Yeah, everybody. I mean like. He draws literally everybody in JLA Avengers, but it's still it's still more. This one's still more than that. <laughs> so go out and get and get your hands on this. It's it's a blast. This was a blast to read. Yeah, I love talking about this with you guys. Um, but let's get out of here. Uh, consider subscribing. De- uh, if if you, if you like what we're doing, let us know by subscribing. Let us know by joining our our Discord. Come out, hang out with us, chat with us. I'll give you links to that in the episode description. Um, I would love to keep this conversation going uh, in, in the Discord. Um, yeah. So uh, for me, for them, this is Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody. And thanks for sticking around. <laughs> thanks. <guys. laughs> yes.
Oh my god. If you're still here, we love Goodbye, you. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>